Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be coming. It's Thursday. OK, I tell you now, Thursday, the 28th of December 2017, as we get uh, nearly ready to go into 2018. I'm quite excited by the whole thing, actually. Prince Harry does one radio programme, and apparently now he's an expert. Apparently he's an expert on radio. Well, there you go. Stick him on a commercial radio station. Five minutes he'll last. Five minutes. OK, what are your ratings like? Well, I suddenly realise he hasn't really got a lot to talk about, you know. I mean, let's face it, he interviewed Barack Obama and his dad. And then he said, I'm going to be a campaigner. A bit like his father said after he was talking to plants out at Highgrove. You know, I'm going to be a campaigner. That's not really a job in this day and age. It just means generally you talk to the wall. It's all very worrying. Holiday cottages on the Peak District rented by criminals and filled with hookers. Who says so? A bishop. A bishop says that. Don't switch queues. You could be waiting longer. Brawling travellers shut down a holiday village. Why do we have to start being nice to travellers? Every time I read a story in the newspaper, it's either thieving, robbing or brawling. And this one was terrible. All the businesses had to close and everything else. We had them moving into a hospital car park a short while ago. It was all very odd. What's the matter with them? What is the matter with them? Also, who says, and you'll have to guess this one, I won't marry my partner of ten years while my dog is still alive. You wouldn't guess it. Seriously, I didn't guess it either until I saw the picture. Who wrote Lewis Hamilton's apology? Because you don't really believe he wrote that, do you? I don't. I'm I'm too cynical to believe that Lewis Hamilton wrote that grossly offensive thing to his uh, nephew and then put a picture of him up wearing the dress uh, and then immediately backtracks and goes, actually, no, I'm really pleased that... You liar. You liar. You weren't pleased at all. That's why you wrote it. That's why you wrote it, you know. I'm sorry, you you said boys don't wear dresses. They blooming well do, matey. They blooming well do. Oh, dear, honestly. And then the uh, the drug smuggler in Egypt. She's gone to prison already. The family are in tears again, as per usual. You know, I mean, I hope they're, 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 they're appreciative of the Egyptian government. You know, somebody goes over there, immediately we go, oh, we better try and save her. You think, what, a drug smuggler? A drug smuggler? And they go, we didn't even have a chance to say goodbye. Well, she's gone to prison for drug smuggling and they've moved her to this serious prison, which is 150 miles away. And she's going to have to to sleep sort of in the same cells as jihadis and all the rest. So? So? It's called prison. Not a blooming holiday camp. And what was the other thing that I sort of got a little bit uh, not upset about? Doesn't bother me. Oh, yes. That well-known thug. Mr Collins used to go out with Fern McCann, but then she decided to distance herself. In fact, actually, if she distanced herself from just about everybody, that would be the best news we've ever heard. And um, and he's he's admitted smuggling a phone in so that he could phone his parents. So really a bit of a holiday camp for Mr Collins, convicted thug, the one who sprayed acid in the play. I thought it was a date rape drug. It's what you normally do, isn't it, with date rape drugs, Mr Collins? You squirt them into a crowd... No, you were squirting acid and you knew it was acid as well. The person who got fined for feeding birds. As I say, we were singing the song, you know, feed the birds, toppins the bag, toppins, toppins, toppins the bag. And uh, Walt Disney would be going, what do you mean fined for it? We should buy a bag of bird seed or bird food or whatever else. We've got a load of mad people around our way. You've probably got them around your way as well. People who sort of drop food all over the place. Filthy, disgusting people. You know, you don't find birds ever dying of starvation. I'm sorry, even in this weather. They eat everything. I mean everything. Even other dead birds. So, you know, you don't need to feed them. If anything, uh, these are animal haters. We've got a really wizened old bag round our way. The other one died. Because she was, I mean, she would drop like four loaves of bread on the ground and seeds and everything else. It wasn't eaten by the birds, it was eaten by the rats. 
These people are generally sick. There's something the matter with them. And as I say, you, you probably got one. Anyway, this woman's been fined. But I do remember a case. And you must remember it years and years ago. She was obviously completely off her trolley. She got done because in the place she was living, she was known as feeding birds. You know, one of these stupid people who believe that birds sit there going, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And so they feed them and they just drop tons of food on the ground. You know, they're really awful people. And uh, she had birds all over her roof. The mess, you can imagine, was appalling. The neighbours complained. The council agreed and they fined her. And she just carried on doing it. Why? Because she was mad as a fruitcake. She carried on feeding the birds. You don't need to feed them. You come around here. Come around here. You'll find birds eating everything. You know, the amount of waste food that goes onto the pavements is eaten by birds. And then you get the, the lunatics who go out there and carry on feeding them with bread and everything else, which is really bad for them. That's like people feeding hedgehogs. Oh, let's give them bread and milk. What, and kill them? And kill them. That's what it does. It kills them. It's unbelievable, isn't it? People are so stupid now. So-called animal lovers. And they're not animal lovers at all. Who has three bedrooms? Three marital bedrooms. Well, apart from the, the Queen, I suspect, but probably not in, in that department anymore. They reckon Charles and Camilla. They've got a bedroom each, which, as far as I'm concerned, sounds like perfect bliss. If you're in a relationship... You know, and you've got a partner who snores or who sort of nudges you or sleep talks. There's all sorts of things that go on in the bedroom at night, apart from the usual. And so they reckon Charles and Camilla have got three. A bedroom each and then the bedroom and the... <laughs> uh, together. Uh, how many drivers caught on the telephone? Twice. So you think first time round, OK, there's a £200 fine, there's six penalty points. No, 6,000 drivers. 6,000 drivers have been caught on the phone twice. Isn't that amazing? I, d I thought, you know, people would have realised, but uh, obviously not. Uh, the latest flop from the BBC, Little Women, written by Louisa M. Alcott, if memory serves. Uh, also, there's a Brit suing a, a resort for 50,000 quid. She says they didn't do this. The resort said, uh, we have a completely different version of her story. You know what people are like nowadays? This happened to me. Give me money. Give me money. It's what we want, isn't it? People don't want to work anymore. They either want to thieve it. Uh, or they want to take... Do you see that thing up on the LBC website? Do you see that? Awful... I'll tell you, I want to bring back hanging. It's an old lady in a lift with three pickpockets. Two of them distract her at the front of the lift while the woman goes round the back and takes £1,000 out of her bag. They've obviously followed her from like, I want to hang these people. I'm sorry. I just don't... You know, people nowadays, they have no regard for either anybody else's stuff or, failing that, no regards for the elderly. This was a confused old woman in a lift. You can see quite clearly this thieving little toe rag of a woman at the back, easily identified if she's got an essential of dyed her hair back and have it cut short because they're coming to get you, love, and hopefully they'll get you very soon. And then in a church in Wales, they go in to open up the church for Christmas Day for their service. They've had thieves in. They've taken £20,000 worth of computers and silver and stuff like that. What thieving little people do that? Druggies. Druggies, that's who do it. Or people who want to melt stuff down and sell it. It's disgusting. It really is. Let's get these courts operating. It's 7.24 hours a day. You know, that's why I have no sympathy for the girl caught drug smuggling to Egypt. No sympathy at all. I couldn't care less whether her parents sit there on television. Well, actually, so far, I've only seen the mother. I don't know whether the father's around. I don't know whether he's still alive. No, nothing. And the two uh, sisters. And I'm thinking to myself, she knew what she was doing. She's 33. She's not a simpleton. She can't be. Although she's only been married a short time to a bloke who is married. But they sort of keep referring to him as her husband. Not in this country, he's not. He's not legal. She got married over there because they can get married to a few people. So he's got wife and kids and he's got this ace bimbo 
who smuggles drugs in for him. Oh, yeah, I'll bring drugs in for you. Why don't you buy them in Egypt? Well, it's illegal, love. Can't you bring it in? How many times has she taken them in? And then they put, they cart her off to this prison. And one of the papers is going, we have to do all we can to get her back. What for? What for? One other drug smuggler best off out of the country. Thank you very much indeed. They're so stupid, these people. As I say, she'll come back, write a book about it. She'll probably be on, be on Celebrity Big Brother. Remember they were talking about that a while ago? One of the Peru two, the cocaine smuggling little duo who lied through their skinny little bodies and teeth to tell you that they were being threatened. Lies, lies and more lies. And, uh, and they were going, oh, one of them could be on Big Brother. Celebrity Big Brother. No, fantastic. Perhaps convicted murderers on there soon. Because they seem to be putting people on there who've got nothing to talk about. Nothing to talk about. They've got some bloke who they were thinking about putting on Celebrity Big Brother, who's apparently a boxer. Would he be called Anthony Joshua? Would it be Anthony Joshua? And they go, because he's obviously got, got, got some great stories to tell. I'm thinking, like what? What great stories would he have to tell? Who cares? Another boxer. <laughs> what story would he have to tell? And they go, he'll be really interesting. For whom? For himself and his tiny, deluded little mind. As I say, we've... <laughs> We've never got over the shock of the weatherman from Good Morning Britain who thinks he's a celebrity. He reads the weather. He puts a suit on, a bit of makeup, brushes his hair and reads the weather. And that's a celebrity in this day and age. My God, we're so far down the U-bend. I'm telling you, it's gone to pieces. Thank you, incidentally, for all your cards this year. We've had a, a bumper bundle of cards and presents and things like that. And I'm still opening them now. I'm seriously still opening them. It's amazing how many of my, uh, how many of my cards seem to have um, the word Prosecco on there, which I, which I quite I'm not complaining about the word Prosecco on cards, or cards that light up, or cards that... Uh, anything we don't... Well, that's a nice one. That's a, like a 3D card. And uh, very nice indeed. Somebody says, thank you for a, another wonderful year of keeping us all entertained. I'm doing it for myself, you know that, don't you? I'm keeping myself entertained in the early hours of the morning. The fact I happened to... Oh, glitter. Oh, glitter. I can see it on the cards now. I discovered I was getting ready this morning. I looked in the mirror, as one is prone to do, and uh, I've got glitter on my body. How that happened, I've got no idea. But Wayne the Trolley Dolly, he says, uh, another year of broadcasting. He put the word legendary in, but I don't like to read that. Makes it sound a little bit sort of grand, doesn't it? He said, being part of the spike is so important to me. It doesn't matter where I am in the world. I tune in and feel at home. I have much to thank you for. There you go. So he sent me in a... I mean, Wayne, there's more glitter on this card, dear, than you could shake a sticker. I mean, it's, it's, I've got it all over my hands, so I can't move my hands anywhere near my face because I'm going to go home and every time I pass a... Oh, it's on the table. Every time I pass a lamppost... I'm, I'm going to glint. And people are going to look at me and go, he's got glitter. And you have to try and explain to them that you're not drag or related to Lewis Hamilton. You've just got glitter on because it's on a, it's on a card. But it was lovely. Thank you. Thank you for the, thank you for the, for the sentiments. I've got lovely... Oh, I've got some lovely presents. Really lovely. Actually, just over Christmas and from, uh, from many of you as well, which is nice. Surprisingly, a lot of them seem to include Prosecco. So I'm very grateful for that. And uh, and Teddy, got a lovely Teddy, lovely Teddy, and DVDs and things. People obviously really listen to the programme, as I've said before, and know everything that I like. So films that I've mentioned in the past, I think people write things down and go, ah, oh, he likes the film Mandy, because that was Mandy Miller, who was the, the deaf and dumb girl who learned to speak. A really a, 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 a groundbreaking film in British television, Swallows and Amazons. Somebody sent me in Mary Poppins again, and it got us thinking about feeding the birds, Tuttons a bag. 
and and I and I was explaining to the producer that it was all paintings. They were all paintings. There was no aerial shots of London at night or anything like that. It was all paintings. So I wonder where they are. You know, are they, do they still exist? Or when they did the original cartoons, they did them all by hand. Then they threw them away. They didn't keep them. What would be the point of keeping them? The artist could draw more glitter. I'm coming round to break your legs, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> You'll not push a trolley ever again, I promise you. But it's it's very interesting when when you sort of look at the early films and the films which which inspire us, the films which sort of make you feel a bit nostalgic, the films which make you sort of think to yourself, as I said the other day, what with Martine McCutcheon and Jamie Oliver talking about, you know, they've got to that age now where they, they reminisce and they appreciate what they've got. Because you do do that. I, I appreciated yesterday, strangely, and it's a very odd appreciation but, you know, because we worked so hard leading up to Christmas, I mean, literally, I don't think there was a day went by that I didn't get home till one o'clock, which when you consider I'm up from one in the morning to get home one o'clock lunchtime is quite a long day for me. And uh, the time you get in and you do your medicine and all the rest of it, and you sit down, it's time to have something to eat and then go to bed. And so I had a really big build up to Christmas. I'm not complaining about it. I get paid for it. I'm, I never complain about anything like that. That would be silly to go, oh, I don't want to do that ever again because I love it. I absolutely love it. We talked to some great people. We had some some great, um, just just great, just great, great things. But yesterday, I finished here and I said to Mike, I said, he said, what are you doing today? I said, I'm doing nothing. I'm doing nothing. And I went home and and I thought, right. So I went in, did a, did a couple of bits and pieces. I thought, well, I'll, just, I'll, I'll do some shopping today. I'll go out and get, do you remember we talked about that Kia Royale, which we had down at the, uh, at the Godchildren's and... Everybody said Aldi. Well, they also do exactly the same one in Marks and Spencers. And yesterday it was reduced in price to £3.20 a bottle, half price. So I bought two bottles of it. It's in the fridge. Delicious. I didn't drink it. I've just put it in the fridge to chill down. And so I went out and it was so blooming cold. I mean, it really stops the aftershave. I gave him a squirt of my creed earlier on. And uh, because he's sort of, he's sort of Australian, it's a bit more rugged. You know, they have sort of, you know sort of stuff like, you know, Butch Sheila aftershave and things like that and uh, Domestos and Pot Noodle and stuff like that. They smear it over the body. But he's now got this creed. I've given it, I said, just put a little squirt on your wrist. And you're so he's constantly going like that. It smells amazing, doesn't it? And as it goes, it, as it wears in, you, you'll, you'll smell that later on and go, oh, it smells lovely. It's really nice. Very expensive. I've, to, I've only charged him a couple of quid for it because I thought that'd be better. So uh, so that's what it was. So I did nothing yesterday. I got back in again because it was so blooming cold. Heating was on and I thought, I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything at all. I'm going to do nothing. I'm going to recharge my batteries because even it's like working all year and then you get Christmas off and a lot of people around here will be off till the 2nd of January and that's the recharging of the batteries. For me, it's when I don't have anything to do after I finish and I can get home and then I can and I can do no, I've got nothing to do today, nothing, absolutely nothing at all. All the paperwork has been sent off uh, to my bank manager, who will pay my tax and pay the accountant and and pay the service charge on the on the property and things like. And it's all done. I don't need. To, I thought about it this morning, thinking, have I got anything to do? No, nothing, absolutely nothing at all to do. And so I quite like that. And it's my recharging time. And I think everybody needs it. Paul Smith said you need to take a holiday. And I said, what would I do on holiday? I don't do holidays. I don't know what to do on a holiday. Some people go away and they go, oh, I can't wait to go and lie on a beach or to surf or to swim or something like that or to travel and to see. But I don't do anything like that. I've done that when I was younger. You know, we lived in loads of places. We lived in Hong Kong 
We lived in Yorkshire. We lived in Germany. We lived in Egypt. You know, we've lived loads and loads of places. I didn't do drug smuggling. We didn't know about Tramadol. Seriously, mother did not know any. Well, she knew it was called Tram. And that's as far as we got. But no, nothing at all. I don't know. I don't want to do it. If I want to go travelling now and see things, I get a DVD. When we, when we got to Rome, we did this cruise years ago, and part of it was, uh, was going round Rome. But we got there too late to do a tour of the Colosseum. So I bought a DVD. And it takes you into places which you wouldn't see on the normal tour. They take you into the arena, and you could see where it would have been. But then it's the underneath, it's the cages where they kept the wild animals. There'll probably be sort of people who sort of deny that as well. Probably similar to the Holocaust deniers. People go, oh, I don't think you'll find anything like that happened in Rome at the Colosseum. No, seriously, thousands and thousands of people lost their lives at the Theatre of Blood, which is what the Colosseum was. That's all it was. It was, it was a day out. You know, you, you go and work in your draper's shop in the morning. They go, what's it? Well, they're doing three more executions. Fantastic. Where's that Colosseum? OK, so you go down there and you pick up your, your peanuts and all the rest of it. You sit down there. And they go, ladies and gentlemen, the first execution. This is somebody who, uh, who appeared on a reality show on Colosseum television. And we've decided to execute them because they're so stupid. And, uh, and they would either just put them into the ring and bring in animals. But it could be anything. They would bring in anything from snakes to lions, tigers, elephants, anything. It didn't make any difference. So as many animals lost their lives as humans. Or failing that, one of their favourite things was to sort of coat somebody with tar, tie them to a post and just set fire to them. And people would watch people dying. They were all convicted criminals or whatever else. And if you saw the film Caligula, with or without the extra bits, they had a machine uh, which was... It went across the width of the arena with blades underneath like scythes and they would bury people up to their necks and the scythe would 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 behead them as it was going through i was never too sure whether that was true or not because i know that the arena of the coliseum was flooded so that they could put battles on and and all sorts of things but uh interesting times so that's you know so i've done all this stuff i don't need to do anything there's nothing i've seen machu picchu I've seen Inside the Great Pyramids. That's an interesting one. Go onto YouTube and just go Inside the Great Pyramid. And it's now got stairs inside. You can see how they built it and corridors and stuff like that. So there's nothing. If I think about it, you know, for at least a good 35 seconds, there's nothing I can think of that I really want to go and see. I don't want to go diving off the Great Barrier Reef. That doesn't interest me. I, you know, I've, I've, I've... What do you mean you don't want me? Of course you want me. You want me for tourism. You want me to take a break? He's already pushy, pushy, pushy because it's Thursday because he's tired, tired, tired. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Certainly is Thursday, 28th of December. Come on. I mean, at least somebody can be, you know, sparky and wide awake and, and that kind of stuff. You don't you don't have to fall into that category. You don't have to sort of shout back like, yeah, all that kind of thing. Uh, somebody says uh, would have to be a big line of Gemma Collins was in the Coliseum, says Dave. Yes, I mean, well, I mean, we wouldn't bother with that. We'd just sort of instantly just push her into the middle of the ring and that, that would be it. The funny thing is, because she's so dim, you know, because talked about that, the, oh, I can't do another impression of it, it becomes tedious. But anyway, somebody says, I've just foolishly looked at Gemma Collins' Twitter page. She describes herself as a best-selling author. Have you read any of her words? Um, no, no. And also, there was something she did a short while ago, I think very, within the past day, uh, where she's dropped a hint that she's going into EastEnders. As what? I've got no idea. Perhaps she's going to be the, re- the replacement statue for the Queen Victoria. Uh, or failing that, they're going to bury her in Arthur's allotment. I mean, anything. But how could you put her in there? She's Gemma Collins. That would be a bit stupid, wouldn't it? They're not going to put her on the dancing programme. Why would they? Why would you want to take a programme that's got a relative amount of class and turn it cheap and tacky? 
because that's what she is. She's cheap and tacky. You know, it would be a total waste. You know she couldn't manage it because she can't do anything. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, just shut up. You know, these sort of 33-plus-year-old people in TOWIE who basically have got the uh, the mental ability of about a 12-year-old. Nobody wants her in East End. That would be, unless she's going to make an appearance, they go, and today we've got an appearance from Gemma Collins. I mean, they'd have her agent to be working overtime for that one. I mean, at the moment, she's trying to find a date. How embarrassing to admit that at the age of 37 or whatever she is now, she cannot find a date. The only one she gets is the occasional bit of rumpy-pumpy with Arge. Saves him going out or going on to Grinder or Tinder or whatever he goes on to. And so that's it. And they spent a couple of hours together over Christmas. I mean, you think, yeah, what what she's like. And then we saw a picture of her mother. Somebody showed a picture of her mother. Very much like mother, like daughter. But, uh, so she was on there. What they're going to do with her, I've got no idea. Because also, Yorgi Porter or Jorgie Porter, whatever her name is. That's the one who was advertising spot cream until only recently. Apparently she's got her 2018 calendar out. That's for people who like to perv over people in bikinis. They say, what do they call a pint size? For that read, she's very small. And so they're saying that she's also going on this dating programme. And you think, how sad. How tragically sad. There's somebody like Gemma Collins, because like the GC, nobody wants to go out with her. She's really known as Poison GC. You don't want to go out with her. She's evil. She's not. She's a bit like Katie Price, who if she gets rid of this husband, she's all by herself, which actually I suspect she's probably been like for most of her life. But then in the case of Yorgi Porter, she's going on there, she said, because she's been having acting lessons in America. In America. She says, because and I've been out with American men. No, you haven't. You've been out with nobody, dear. You've been out with nobody. That's why you're having to do a dating programme in this country. Are you telling me that somebody who's very well known, got their own calendar, can't find anybody to go out with? I wonder why. I wonder why. Why would we be surprised to discover that somebody with a painful voice, you know, is not going to be finding anybody anytime soon? I feel, you know, I mean, for Gemma Collins to have to admit that the poor fat bird can't find anybody to go out with is tragic. It's tragic. I mean, even in Towie. Nobody wants to go out with her apart from Arge, who, as I say, she's seen as a bit easy. And, that, and, the, and that's it. The last one she went out with, I think, was another jailbird. Good news, Arthur Collins back in court again. This time, he had a pair of crutches because he leapt out of a window, I believe. So he had some... They call them crutches, don't they? Yeah. And uh, one of them was... Um, he kept a mobile phone in it and some SIM cards and everything else. So he could phone his parents from the holiday camp that is called prison. Could be another two years... Another two years. He's admitted it. He said, yeah, I did. He said so that I could phone my parents. As I say, well-known thug, Arthur Collins. I tell you, you're going to be old and grey. Or would it be old and gay by the time you come out of prison, mate? 20 years, 15, and uh, it could be topped up. Vile piece of work, honestly. I mean, really. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps uh, Fern McCann. Oh, Fer- Fern McCann tweeted a picture of herself out, you know, with the sort of the family. And then tweeted a picture. I mean, basically, these people are so sad. Uh, out in the forest, you know, saying the per- all I need. So she had, I think, her mum and dad or something and a pram. And then she name-checked the place she got the pram from. So quite clearly another freebie. Perhaps she hasn't got any money. Perhaps she's broke. These people don't make the money you think they do. You know, they bandy around sums of money like, oh, they turned over this much and all the rest of it. It turns out they're just a load of old cobblers, isn't it, really? Uh, what have we got? Oh, uh, Harry hosting a radio show. Yeah, I thought he was editing it. I didn't realise he was hosting a radio show. But apparently he's now a radio presenter. That'll go on his Wikipedia feed. Harry the radio presenter, because he does an interview with his father. Slightly peculiar. And um, and then he also does one with Barack Obama. 
But that's just like calling in favours, isn't it? Harry wants to talk to you. You know. And then, of course, he made a big mistake. He said, Megan has been welcomed into our flat. She's now got the family she never had. Megan's family have gone, excuse me, what do you think you're talking about? I mean, that's how out of touch they are. You know, she's now got the family she was looking forward to. Well, um, how's that? She's got a family. She's got a dad who lives in Mexico. She's got a mum. She's got sisters. She's got cousins. She's got all sorts of people. 84850, steve at uk. Take all your texts and emails on the programme this morning. Why? Because it's, because it's the 28th of December and nobody knows what's going on. You know, I bet you have to pinch yourself now and go, what, where, uh, 28th of December, what does that mean? Is that a special day? No, it's still part of the Christmas festivities. Still part of, don't go out this morning. It's bitter. Bitter out there. The snow sweeping across the country. Please God, it never reaches London. It's the only year I've said, look, it is too cold. Generally speaking, when it snows, we sort of raise the temperature a little bit. But uh, at the moment, it's very, very cold out there. Very, very cold. Very, very cold indeed, Galileo, Galileo. Um, so don't don't go outside unless you've got a scarf on, a hat. It's amazing, you do see people wearing very little, and you look at them and you think, why are you not wearing decent clothes? It's so cold out there. It's just not worth going out. It really isn't. Stay in bed. If you don't, if you've got to go to work, obviously you've got to get up. But if you don't have to go to work, and you don't, you don't need to go to the sales. Four point five percent of people down on last year. They said they didn't want to. To go to the set. What do you need? What do... Come on, be honest with you. What do you... I mean, I can understand if you get to November and go, oh, God, we need cutlery. Or, oh, I must go and get some towels. Or I must go and get three tubes of Sensodyne toothpaste. It's uh, other toothpaste are available. Um, and you sort of... You go out there. There's nothing... You don't need to go out. Why not stay in? Why not stay in? Put your feet up. If you're elderly, you don't want to go out. Get a neighbour. Bang on the wall. Milk. I want Milk. You know, get the neighbour to go and do it for you. That's the advantage of being elderly. Get people to do it. Just put on a plaintive voice. You couldn't, couldn't get me some, some milk, could you please? That, that always works every time. I'm telling you. If you just go, can you get me some milk? They go, oh, well, I'm going out later on. But if you if you do the plaintive thing, I, I haven't got any any bread. Could, could, I, could I pay you later as well? I haven't got any money at the moment. Get it for free. Get it for free from them. Play on the fact that you've got, you know, to a grand old age and you don't need to worry about things anymore. I don't think you should have to worry about anything at all. Put the heating on. Go sod you all. I'm going to put the heating on. Put the telly on. Watch an old film. Best thing you can ever do. It's Thursday. It's, it's ever nearer the weekend. It's ever near nearer New Year's Eve. And you know what a miserable night that is for everybody. It's only got to rain and that'll put people off. Actually, no, it probably won't. It's the lure of alcohol, isn't it? They go, oh, we must go to Shoreditch. What for? Visit the hubcaps that were nicked off the car the week before. You know, and you so, you, so people go out to bars and they stand there and all the boys are looking around going, who am I going to pull? So who's going to have the pleasure of my... Hello, babe. You all right? No, not you. And, uh, you know, and, and people will be looking for somebody to, to go out with. Not me. Working it is great. If you work it, it's fantastic. It's great fun. But uh, if you're one of those standing on the other side of the bar waving your £20 notes, say, hello, over, hello, are you blind? I'm standing here. Look, I'm going to buy some drinks. Hello, uh, can I have a... Oh, God, the person next to me. And then they jump round you. They t- I become invisible in bars. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Thursday, the 28th of December. I know you don't want to get up. I know, And if you don't have to get up, don't bother getting up. Goodness sake, you've, you've earned the right... To stay in bed, if you can get the other half, if there is another half or a significant other, as we now laughingly call it, then get them to go and do your cup of tea or something like that. Once you've had the cup of tea, turn the pillow over, plump it up, have a lie down and just, you know, I can send you to sleep in seconds on this programme. It really, I just have to, 
lower my voice a little bit and you get into that that mindset where it's all very cosy and very lovely. It's like it's called hypnosis, I think, basically. Uh, Nurse Donnie says, little grumpy down in Eastbourne, Steve. I'm dealing with a cupped finger. Apart from that, all is well. Yes, I'm wait- I tell you what I'm waiting for. I'm not waiting. This is going to sound really bad. Why does that sound so bad? I'm waiting for our first big celebrity passing over. Because we haven't had anybody, have we? Normally around Christmas time, you get somebody. And there was a whole, a whole load of people that we, uh, that we lost the other year, you know, people, especially in the world of entertainment. I mean, I know there were, there were loads of other people who we lost, but we, we tend not to we tend not to sort of think about them, do we? We only think about celebrities who have passed on and and you sort of think, you know, it's awful. And when you look at them, Antonio Carluccio, Graham Taylor, Lil Peep, Tom Petty, Keith Barron, uh, Glenn Campbell, we lost. Keith Chegwin, Fats Domino, Robert Hardy, David Cassidy, Gordon Kay, uh, Tara Palmer Tomkinson, Liz Dawn, Adam West, who was Batman, Hugh Hefner, who wasn't, uh, Bruce Forsyth, Sir John Hurt and Sir Roger Moore. And that was just, you know, a sprinkling of the people who we lost. And it's ju- and, and you think, gosh, you, t- you just tend to think, don't you, that these people are going to go forever and ever. That's what I think. You know, when you're younger, that, that's what you think. Everybody's going to live forever. You know, when, when you're young, you think anybody above 29 is really ancient. And then you get to 29 and suddenly realise you're not as ancient as you, as you thought you were. Unless you're suffering with bad health at the moment. Just coming back from Kiev in the Ukraine, Steve. Thick snow, nothing stops. Just warm clothes, hats. The whole lifestyle grounds me. Yeah, I mean, all these people in these countries where it gets cold, where they live with... You know, sub-zero temp. They just get on with it. Over here, it all grinds to a halt. Take the trains out. Are you mad? Can't take the trains out. It's We've had a sprinkling of snow. But uh, I watched a movie the other night, Steve, called The 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 Pianist. Is it is it called? The, yeah, it's this Polish piano player during World War Two. I'm not very good with films. I've got the attention span of a gnat. But for the first five minutes, I was hooked. Harrowing, uplifting and very interesting. It's a must-watch. Yes, I know all about The Pianist. And uh, somebody says... Uh, uh, you're only 63. You sound 90 when you play plaintive. I visited Shoreditch once. I never want. Uh, I never went to Beirut, but I imagine it's similar, says Ian. Yes. I've, do you know, I've never actually stopped in Shoreditch. I know it. I know of it because I know it's, it's just full of bars and things like that. Well, basically, this is where you go to pull. And, um, and that's all it is. There's nothing remarkable about the area. It was bombed a lot in the war. And you can, you know, blink and you go through it with the doors locked. Make, make sure that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, you see, you've got to be a certain age to enjoy it. You've got to be a certain age to want to go out drinking in a bar. I gave up drinking in bars years ago. I have been out and had drinks in bars, but I'm not... You know, if somebody said, oh, let's go out on a pub crawl tonight, you must be joking. Apart from that, it's way too cold. It's it's also the fact that I'd, I'd be bored. I'd be seriously bored with it. Once so you just stand at the bar and you have another drink and you look round and there's oh, nothing in here, let's finish the drinks, go somewhere else. That's what... You shout at people... You chat to people. What do you mean you chat to What for? What do you want to chat to Are you that bad off that you have to go and chat to what perfect strangers? You talk to what do you talk to them about? What do you know about? Oh, I come from a land down under where, you know, I mean, that's not going to be very interesting, is it? They go, oh, God, it's another Australian in town. You don't chat to people. That's why if somebody comes to me and starts chatting, I call the police. Excuse me, I'm being hit on by this naff Australian. I mean, it's, uh, it's the butt. Oh, right. Well, you don't talk to people on the tube, snob. Snob. Always talk to people on the tube. Sorry, would you mind getting off my foot? 
Get off... You know, that's what people are like now, isn't it, on the tube. Everybody, I don't do the tube very often. I mean, you could count on one hand the amount of times I do the tube. I've really got to be desperate to do the tube. I really... <laughs> I just... It just doesn't interest me. It's full of awful people. It is. I'm just, I'd rather be on an overground train. I feel safer on an overground train. Or a bus. I like a bus. I always sit near, near the driver. I've got this plastic steering wheel and I stick it onto the glass and I pretend I'm driving the bus. Bing, bing. I'd be the one going, we're not stopping. You can ping that bell all you like. Because what really annoys me is the people who ping the bell and it comes up, doesn't it? Bus stopping. Then you get another dimwit. Ping. They're, well, they've already pinged the bell once. Can't you read? It says the bus stopping. They don't really, and then somebody else goes, ping. And you think, and they've all got these little earphones in listening to, you know, the Carpenters or Mamma Mia or something like that. And they always ping the bell. Bus drivers must, must go mad. I'd be just disconnecting. After the first time, I don't think you should really bother with it at all. And uh, Joan says, I have to agree. Follow your very good advice and stay in bed. Uh, she's she's a, a big fan in Banstead, which is what I like, actually. And uh, I think it's nice coming back from, from Banstead or coming back from somewhere which is really, really cold. Really, really cold. I like that. When, when Ian said I sound a bit, you know, a bit plaintive when I do my night, you hello, Steve. No, you imagine that's probably how your voice is going to go, but I don't think so in my case. I don't think all of a sudden I'm going to go from hello to I've, I've had a bit of trouble. You sound like some complete dimwit. Uh, dog tied up outside McDonald's. Owner goes inside to order food. And the dog drags the sign in, uh, you know, out there. What a stupid person. What a stupid person. Uh, also, old Lang Syne, the New Year's Eve song, as the Aussie boy calls it. Hardly any of you know the words. Hardly any of you have gotten a shirt. Old acquaintance, for the sake of old Lang Syne. For old Lang Syne, my great for old Lang Syne. We'll take a cup of kindness here for the sake of old Lang Syne. And then there's more verses, but you don't know that once. So you go back to the verse verse and you sing the whole thing all over again, which is good. Uh, what else we got? What else we got? Uh, 44% of the British public have not seen a copper on the street in a year. Who wrote Lewis Hamilton's apology? Can't have been him, as we say. Uh, the radio host, who stupidly portrayed his children in the paper because they were naughty. They got lumps of coal. What a miserable devil he turned out to be. What a saddo. Uh, the unexpected thefts in the bagging area. You know that because you were talking about that with Darren earlier on. And apparently now they're not going to prosecute if you nick under 200 quid's worth of food. Well, that's fine. Just go back five times a week. You've got it all sorted, haven't you? Uh, also, who's the one who says, I will not marry my partner of ten years whilst my dog is alive? That's Chris Packham. His, uh, his girlfriend uh, runs a zoo, I think, on the Isle of Wight or the Isle of Man or one of them. And uh, he lives over here and he goes over to see her every so often. It's a very odd, peculiar arrangement, but that seems to suit them. But while his dog is alive, they're not going to get married. Whether they actually live together, I've got no idea. And why you should eat turkey liver... Why should you eat turkey liver? And, of course, the one thing everybody was complaining about was the hospital parking charges. I, of course, am waiting until the weekend to find out who's on the, the list of getting an award. Who have we handed out the dolly mixtures of knighthoods to? Who have we given the OBEs and the CBEs? There'll be the usual bunch of, you know, brown-nosing MPs who've been given something for services to the local parliamentary bars or something like that. And, uh, and then there'll be genuine people out there who really deserve some sort of award, but the one that everybody's been complaining about, because it appears to have been leaked, although everybody's backtracking, going, well, of course, you know, we haven't had it confirmed yet. Well, obviously, listen, it's come from somewhere, hasn't it? Come from somewhere. So that's why people are talking about uh, Nick Clegg. 
saying, why has he been given a knighthood for doing his job not very well? And the answer is, I don't know, but that's how the award system works. People get given these awards. You can nominate somebody. You can write into Downing Street and uh, and you can put somebody on the list. I can write, you know, in and say, I'd like to recommend Aussie Boy. I won't, of course, but, you know. Uh, but you could. I could recommend him and they would then look at it and think, you know, does he deserve it or does he not? And if two or three people write into Downing Street... <coughs> And, uh, and mention a person and say, we think this person should have it for services to whatever else. Well, then that's how it goes. But when it, when it comes to the knighthoods, they do hand them out like sweeties. They have a committee and they will sort of decide if somebody deserves it. That's why, you know, I mean, Nick Clegg's perfectly pleasant. You know, he's, he's a very nice, charming person, looks good. And somebody said the other day, what do you mean looks good? And you go, well, looks good. And they go, oh, right, so you have to be good looking to get a knighthood. No, it didn't say that. I want to wash your ears out and listen properly. You know, I said he looks good. He does look good. Doesn't make any difference whether you get a knighthood, but he looks good. That's a fact. That's a statement of fact. He's very pleasant, and so he gets a knighthood. If indeed he gets a knighthood, you know. Otherwise, it's because they get told in November. It must be very difficult to keep it quiet. I've managed to keep it quiet so far because I've got nothing, and I'm not making a big deal about it. I don't want anything for services to radio or you know because I get paid for this job. I think if you get paid for doing something, I mean, it's nice to have it, isn't it? It's an acknowledgement that somebody else knows what you do. And that's, and that's why it's, uh, it's quite good, actually. Uh, him, it says, you wake me up and soon I'll be getting ready for work. Uh, sorry, even lowering your voice will not get me back to bed. But, uh, I do enjoy a nice cup of tea. I had to have coffee at home this morning. I couldn't find the tea. So I've, if I go out today, I've got tea. Although my, my brother's oldest girl bought me uh, a lovely tin with Earl Grey tea bags in, which is lovely. Uh, Steve, as you get older, says Ian, your hearing begins to suffer. Pubs always play background music, which destroys the ability to make conversation. Pubs should stop playing background music and let its LBC on in the background. I don't like anywhere that's noisy. And I work in an industry which is full of noise. If you walk through this floor here, we've got one, two, three, four radio stations on this floor here. Up above us, there's one. Down below, there's one, two, three... Four radio stations down there. I have to count them. I have to, as I'm going along the corridor, I have to count them all in. So there's four downstairs, isn't there? And then up here, there's one, two, three, four. There's four on this floor as well. There's a lot of radio stations all playing music. Except me. I'm the one not playing the music. But uh, it's, so if you go into a bar, they have sort of music and you go, I can't hear what you're saying. And I just, you know, in the end, it's, it's just not pleasant. Why do you have to have, is it still smelling, the after show? Yeah, thought it would be. 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk my ex says debbie used to buy bird food and even threw it to the crows in supermarket car parks he is a bit weird though bless him i know i never understand why people want to feed birds also you know they, they don't starve they can fly if there's no food here they fly to somewhere else try making your cat do that or your dog it's not going to do it or the hamster or the mice or you know anything like that but no all these birds they just fly to somewhere else but it's all these mad people who go out there feeding them. And they really are barking mad, most of them. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 11 and a, 11 and a half minutes to five. Uh, on a Thursday morning, but most of you don't have to go to work. Most of you don't have to get up to do anything. So the advice is, don't bother. Um, Ollie's net love hunt after split with Mel. There was no Mel and Ollie. What rubbish. What shoddy journalism. He was going out with somebody from this building. We all knew about it, but uh, this exclusive, exclusive of no interest to anybody at all, it says um, uh, the pop star has joined a celebrity dating website called Raya. A celebrity dating website? Why don't they just call it Sad People? 
Very, very sad people. His page shows a black and white picture uh, of the new voice coach, along with a link to his Twitter profile. Anybody joining Raya has to be approved by a panel of judges and have a large social media following. Oh, saddos. What a bunch of tragic people. A celebrity dating website. Might just stick an advert in the local, uh, you know, post office. Others who have used it include Danny Cipriani and Kelly Osborne. That's how desperately sad it must be. God in heaven. Why don't you stick... Gem- oh, sorry, it's celebrity, isn't it, really? But uh, apparently Ollie and Mel have been dating for almost a year, writes this, uh, this uh, lazy journalist. No, they hadn't. She's already denied it. I don't know why people then go, oh, they've been dating for a year secretly. Yeah, right, like there can be a secret. Like there can be a secret on things like this. Um, a talk with a doctor who said he could cure homosexuality has been revealed as TV's most complained about moment of 2007. This is Dr Michael Davidson's claim on Good Morning Britain. Uh, it got 1,142 complaints to Ofcom. Uh, had Piers, uh, host Piers Morgan tweeted... Uh, boom, number one. Second was journalist Melanie Phillips on Sky News said Islam is inspiring millions to try and kill others. I like the idea that people sort of say, oh, yes, and you can actually, you know, you can actually do and cure homosexuality. You know, as if, you know these people are so stupid. Callum says, uh, uh, love the show Brexit. What's it all about? Well, I think it's a recipe. I think it's a recipe. I don't believe... I mean, as you know, Callum, we don't, we're not really huge into doing Brexit on this programme. Sometimes we, we, we devote an hour every sort of every ten years to, to doing politics. Because, you know, that's why we have the audience we have. Because I think some people are turned off by Brexit. Even people who voted for it, I think, are turned off by Brexit. But I, it's like me discussing... I mean, I could, if I so desired, talk about football for all of about 35 seconds. Because I don't know anything about football. I just know that they all get changed. They all go and sit in a bath together. And, and they kick a ball about and then they hug each other. It's a very gay game, football now. In fact, it's probably gayer than we imagine. Ever since somebody came out a short while ago and said there are lots of premiership gay footballers who go away to hotels for these things and spend their time kissing each other. Well, you don't need to worry about that. Come and watch rugby. They spend all their time kissing each other. There's so much kissing going on in rugby now. It's got to be even gayer than football. But not as gay... As fox hunting. Fox hunting is so gay. That one you have to dress up for. You have to put on the red coat and all the rest of it. And that's very gay. You find a lot of people fox hunting are very, very gay. I've decided this year is going to be sort of the gay time. I think. I mean, Lewis Hamilton driving, driving a car. That's so gay. I mean, it really is. And also wearing all white. I mean, sorry, you're going to get it dirty. The whole idea is don't wear white. White makes things dirty. You know, wear something dark. And then you see some of the other outfits that poor Lewis Hamilton has got. And you look at them and you think, who convinced you to wear that? I mean, even if you walked into the local gay bar, Lewis. Not that I would ever suggest that you would be, but I suppose you must know gay racing drivers. They must exist, mustn't they? Or is it exclusively heterosexual? I, mean, I don't know. I've never even thought... I've never followed... I've never quite understood why anybody would want to watch blurred adverts whizzing past you. You know, at sort of speeds of up to... Well, I mean, certainly more than 35, 40 miles an hour. And they go past you and people go, that's great. And it's always, they've got blonde girls who are sort of leaning on cars, opening champagne. What's the, what is it, this thing about blondes? And it's been a proven fact that blondes have more fun. They actually did a, 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 a survey in a nightclub years ago 
and they put a girl, a blonde girl, on a chair by the bar, and they filmed her all night. She never moved. Never moved. And, and they filmed how many people came up and spoke to her in the course of the evening. You know, mainly sort of ageing Lotharios. Hello, sweet pea. How would you like a good time in McDonald's? You know, that kind of thing. I can, I can take you to Trader Vic's at the Hilton, because that is good. And, uh, and then they put a, a girl who was auburn-haired on the same stool the following night. Hardly anything at all. Blondes have more fun. I think that was the title of a Rod Stewart album, wasn't it? Blondes have more fun. And it's true, they do. I used to be blonde. Sort of. Muddy blonde. Dirty blonde. Um, and uh, it's true. Blondes have more... People think you're a more fun person. It's like everybody says all fat people are jolly. No, they're not. They're absolutely... Look at Gemma Collins, the most miserable person you'll ever find in your entire life. She's even got a miserable face. It's mainly acting. Bad acting. That's why we weren't sure whether or not she was going to be making it into EastEnders. As what? I've got no idea, because they're going to go... I mean, surely somebody is going to... In EastEnders. I mean, because... And you're either going to take it to the extreme, and it's going to be so complicated. When you walk into EastEnders, you find... I mean, why has nobody ever said, what's Shane Ritchie doing behind the bar? What are you doing here, Shane? Because, you know, you don't know the other people. Every time they put somebody famous in there, nobody recognises them. Nobody knows it's a famous person. So if you put Gemma Collins in, what are they going to do? Oh, Gemma Collins is here and she'll be, she'll be doing her acting bit. What? It's the GC here. And we'll be going, oh, get rid of it. Please, 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 don't even bother. Find us kids, feed the pigeons. And here she is. This is a mum called Katie Trudgill. She treated Amelia Five and three-year-old Finlay to bakery sausage rolls whilst out shopping. Because she's one of those fatties. She's one of those mums who eats the really bad stuff. Anyway, when they finished, they emptied flaky bits of pastry in their bags onto the ground for the birds. Katie, who comes from Bradford, says a council official wearing a uniform marched over and told us we were littering. By the time he came over, there was nothing on the floor as there were so many pigeons. Uh, 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 uh. A council spokesperson said feeding pigeons in the city centre is discouraged as it can attract vermin. People who receive a fixed penalty notice can appeal. No, no, make her pay it. Make her pay it. Judging by the size of her, she needs to cut down on something. And you don't do that. I've done it. Haven't you done it? You know, you have a sausage roll and then you empty the bag out to feed the little pigeons. And then, because sometimes if you're sitting down, you can be surrounded by pigeons just staring at you, waiting. And then they advance towards you. It's like you're going to be mugged. And crows and rooks. And you sit there and you think, I'm going to be attacked by these things. A bit like Jurassic Park. Only in Trafalgar Square, you get the, the mad ones who go around dropping birdseed everywhere because they think, as I say, in their sad, tiny, empty little vessel of a mind that pigeons die of starvation. You'll never see a dead pigeon. You see pigeons that are nearing the end of their life and they generally sit in a doorway and they, they don't move. They just sit there until they keel over. But uh, you don't see them just dropping out the sky, do you? Even if you try and run them over in Trafalgar Square, it never quite, uh, never quite works. I see we've got uh, Big Brother's Jeremy McConnell, nasty little piece of work, out of prison. A blunder kept him behind bars because apparently they'd sent the wrong email. Well, they sent the email out, but to the wrong person. And um, he was uh, handed this community service order for attacking Stephanie Davis. Then he didn't bother. He obviously thought he didn't need to do it. You know, and it's not bothered doing it, so they stuck him in prison. Then they said he can be coming out. And then they decided that... Uh, that maybe he wasn't. Who's this? Why does that look like David Beckham? It's not though, is it? I just thought it's somebody advertising drink in the papers, and I thought, is it David Beckham? How many calories in a margarita pizza? Thin base. Don't go for thick base. Thin base is better. Seven hundred and fifty calories. That's exactly the same amount of calories as there is in a fry up, which is two fried at whole back. 
two fried eggs, two bacon rashers, one slice of fried bread, two sausages and baked beans. That's 750 calories as well. Yumma, yumma, yumma. Please. Chicken tikka masala with 200 grams of rice. How many calories do you think chicken tikka masala? If, a, if a, that, that big fry up 750 calories, how much is chicken tikka masala? 450 grams of it. What do you reckon? That's... Come on, Twinkle. Pull your finger out. How many calories? How many do you think? Nine. You're quite close. Thousand calories. Thousand calories. And it, because it's the sauces, it's the masala sauce that's the one that gives you the uh, sort of the, uh, the calories. So you must you must watch it, Callum. Goodness only knows. I mean, you could be ballooning all the because people go, oh, I'd love a, cal- uh, a curry on a Friday night or a Saturday night, and I enjoy a good curry. I really enjoy a good a good curry. But I haven't had a good curry for ages because somebody said to me, you can't have it, can you really, Steve? Because it's got ghee in it and stuff like that, which is a bit of a shame, really. All the food you like. I, I was going to eat the other day. Remember I told you I went to Marks and Spencer for Christmas and I bought a bit of a mistake, but it's a bit of a treat for me. It was a mandarin trifle, mandarin oranges in orange jelly. And I thought, I'll have that. I mean, admittedly, that does send me through the roof. I can be sort of around with a feather duster cleaning the ceiling quite easily in a matter of seconds, but but not as quick as Indian food. Indian food sends me round the bend. I've had some very touch-and-go moments on Indian food, but it doesn't matter. And so, and, and I thought to myself the other day, do you know, I don't... Where's that trifle? Have I eaten that trifle? No, I hadn't eaten it. So I go to the fridge and I get it out. I thought, I'm going to have some... I'm not going to eat all of it. I'm going to scrape the cream and the custard off and just have the jelly with the... Because it's part of my five-a-day. as if... Anyway, I look at the sell-by date, the 24th of December. So that went out. That had to be thrown out. Because I won't eat anything if it's past the sell-by. I don't know why, because it would be perfectly safe to eat. But, uh, but they're actually checking on how many calories there are in food. But that, that fry-up is lovely. Uh, the ladies would have probably two fried eggs, bacon rasher, sausage, uh, and 100 grams of baked beans. And that's only 400 calories. No, I like the one with the fried bread on it. But that is basically just bread fried, and you might as well just tip the oil into your mouth. But uh, everybody's going to be buying food, aren't they? There's loads of uh, adverts here for this uh, food. Little, you know, tempura, vegetables and prawns and everything else. Looks delicious, because New Year's Eve is when you're going to be having it. Because people go, oh, let's have a firework display. And I'm going, I'm going to bed. I'm going to pull the duvet over my head and stay there till the early hours of the morning. And that's the way it has to be. News at five is next. Good morning. It's LBC. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Thursday. Have you noticed that, that radio presenters, I mean, normally on music stations, not generally on, on speech stations, all of a sudden sort of raise their voice an octave or two because it makes you sound like, yeah, really excited to be here, which, of course, I am. But, you know, at coming up five past five in the morning, you have to summon it up. You sort of go, yeah. You don't want to sort of go, whoopee. You feel like having a brass band in to say, yeah, today, or a mariachi band. I've always fancied a mariachi band coming in and playing. And then one of our sister stations did that about a year ago. And I remember thinking, how cool is that? Da, 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 da. Just to sort of get people going first thing in the morning. So the newspapers are full of, well, uh, today, because there's not been, there's not been anything major Okay, the car park story is interesting. The weather is the interesting story for most of the papers today because it's literally taken a turn for the worst, which is exactly what we told you on LBC way before Christmas. We said, you're going to have Christmas, it'll be a little bit mild, then the heavens will open, then it's going to be raining, and unfortunately, because the temperature dropped last night, all the rain drops on your car, and now ice. Up at Stansted Airport, they had snow. Over in America, in one part of America, 60 inches of snow. I mean, we're ta- seriously, you'd be going, I think we're going to stay in for about the next week. 
There's no point going out. You could just disappear in a snowdrift. Far too dangerous. Far too dangerous. Uh, so the BBC flop is mutter rubbish. This is Little Women, the latest to flop amid moans about mumbling. I don't... I remember... I don't think I ever read the book. I've always thought it was a women's book, Little Women by Louisa M. Alcott. Um, and um, it's a, a dramatisation. It's got Michael Gambon in, Angela Lansbury. Do you know Angela Lansbury is 92? 92. 92. I can't believe this is. This seems to be like a normal age for people nowadays. Peaked at 8.8 .8 million. I mean, that's still what I call a respectable audience. 8.8 .8 million. That, uh, you know, people complained about loads of other things where they couldn't hear what people were talking about. And I always think, does it really matter? It's a costume drama. We don't, I mean, but it's way, far better we have a costume drama that they mumble in than we have a reality show, thank you very much indeed. I mean, we don't seem to have too many reality shows on the BBC. We've got, you know, Strictly, and I'm trying to think if they've got any others, actually. I can't, can't remember. Interesting, they moved uh, Saturday nights on the BBC is going to be Lorraine Kelly. Now, I don't know if that's going to work. I don't know if it's going to work. This is this marriage show where they're going to have two people on there and their families will come on and try and win things for the wedding and then eventually somebody will get married on the programme. It kind of makes a mockery out of it. If you ever thought that it was a, uh, something that was overseen by the Almighty, then forget it. It's now done by television. It's not quite the same. Not quite the same. Uh, also, um, 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 uh, Beano fans are furious after Dennis the Menace was stripped of his name and turned soft. Yes, apparently. Um, he's, sort of, he, he's sort of changed completely now. The lovable rascal will be known as just Dennis in the comics after turning his back on trouble. Because it was Dennis the Menace. Now it's not. Why do they change things? Why do they change things? Uh, Prince Harry hosts a radio show and upsets the Markles because he said, we're Meg's family now. What? I mean, like, she doesn't have any family. She's got loads of family. Loads of family. Just she needs to get some advice on what, what sort of clothes to wear. Uh, Harry, as well, has to grow up pretty fast. Not going to be the easiest thing to do. Uh, also, uh, what's this a picture of? Kate Moss's sister Lottie on a beach in scorching Miami. Luckily, she had a photographer with her to take a picture of her at the same time. So that was good, wasn't it? Because otherwise you don't get any publicity at all. And a heart-rending story of hope, courage and joy. Our quads against all odds. How lovely. Can you imagine? Four babies. You know, you want one and then another three pop out at the same time. That must be wonderful. Uh, the Upgrit Creek, as usual. Temperatures dropped to minus six degrees. And here it is, lorries getting stuck in North Hants. Uh, and also thousands of homes left without power after five inches of snow. We just can't cope with it, can we? You go to other countries. We were inside the Arctic Circle. It was minus 30 with the wind chill factor. And um, nobody lost power. They're just geared up for it. We can't do anything, can we? Uh, several flights were cancelled at Luton because they don't have the facilities to sort of spray them with antifreeze. In Desborough, in North Hans, there was an eight-hour jam. You can imagine you're sitting there eight hours. You haven't got much petrol in the car. And then you think, we better not turn the engine off because it's cold. We're all going to freeze to death. So I've always said, you know, if, you, if you've got a car and you're going on a journey and it's going to be near somewhere where they've got snow and things like that, take a blanket. Take some sweets. Put some sweets in the boot as well. Because you're going to need some sweet. Make sure you've got enough. If you're taking the whole family, you're going to need quite a bit of sweets. Take a flask of tea. if you can. But nobody thinks about that. They think, oh, we'll take some water. No, take some hot tea. If you're an elderly person, you know, if you've got your medicines, stuff like that. We just don't, you know, they say snow and ice chaos. You'd think we were sort of knee-deep in the stuff. We're not really. I don't call, like, you know, a couple of inches knee-deep in the stuff. But um, they reckon that the temperature will... Um, will sort of rise a little bit. Not tomorrow. There's more deep snow tomorrow and on Saturday. 
not in our neck of the woods down here. It's all it's all up north, actually. But uh, bumblebees in January and uh, Portuguese man of war have entered the UK waters this year because of the temperatures. So you remember seeing all those Portuguese man of war? I mean, that was interesting. I think that was quite interesting. Uh, also, Rihanna revealing a heartbreak after a cousin was shot dead hours after they celebrated Christmas together. There's something, you know, and then she sort of tweets and says, can't believe it was just last night, held you in my arms, never thought it'd be the last time I felt the warmth of your body, love you always. And uh, and you think to yourself, do you know, this this gun crime and knife crime and everything else like that, it's got to stop. It's got to stop. They they did one of these police programmes on the telly last night. They stopped the bloke and he had a knife in the side glove compartment of the car. And the police were talking, they said, well, what's that for? It was one of these flick knife type things. And he said, oh, I need that for work. We never actually discovered what work he did where you needed to carry your own knife. I suspect, of course, he was lying through his teeth, but there you go. Uh, acid thug Arthur Collins yesterday admitted hiding a mini phone inside a crutch to prison to chat with his Towie star ex-fiancé. She doesn't want you anymore, Arthur, unless, of course, it's just a big bit of a, bit of a wheeze between the two of you. He was caught with this uh, contraband including SIM cards and memory sticks, whilst on remand in September. He claimed he wanted to ensure his jail calls were private, because he was, he was sort of... Yeah, of course you did, dear. Trouble is nobody believes a word he ever says, but he, he winked at his family when he was sent to prison. When he was in court, he was sent to prison for 20 years, 15 on licence, and uh, five years licence, and, uh, and he winked to the family like it's all a bit of a joke, you know, which is a little bit ridiculous. Uh, eating limit is a fat lie. This is the government telling you what to eat. This is the government who sit there in their ivory tower spending millions on food, their bars and everything else, absolutely. And then they start telling us, you know, slash your calorie consumption to stay trim. Why don't you mind your own business? Why don't you mind your own business? We don't care what people say. I'm sick to death of being preached at. It drives me mad. Christopher Snowden of the Institute of Economic Affairs said their guidelines aren't based on evidence and are essentially a lie to manipulate people into eating less. Because what they don't want, they don't want the situation whereby it's like America, where their idea of a small portion is our idea of a meal for six people. I mean, it's, they have the biggest portions I've ever seen. It's almost like, you know, a value for money. It is. It really is value for money. But it's just big portions. And they do have a lot of obese people. We have obese people here. But, you know, it, you know, the government telling you that, you know, you've got to do this and it'll make you better is, is not strictly true, say the experts. And bearing in mind, the government are just getting it from another expert, I suppose. Excuse me. Go get yourself a cup of tea. You will not regret it, I promise you. Nice cup of tea to warm the cockles of your heart. Jim says, I'm waking up to you with my significant other, Steve. A large hot cup of English breakfast tea. How lovely. Can't beat it, can you? It kind of it sort of perks you up, as I say. I had two cups of coffee at home before I sort of left for work, and uh, and then I get into work and I have my my tea. We've found loads of milk. Generally speaking, you know, over the Christmas period, milk sort of runs out, but we've got loads at the moment. Uh, lovely film on yesterday with um, with uh, Leslie Howard. Uh, Steve, maybe Lewis Hamilton could ask his nephew for fashion advice. Yes, let's see Lewis Hamilton in a skirt. Let's see how far he's prepared to take it. Because, I mean, just really, he made a big faux pas. But you don't expect him to be intelligent. He drives a racing car, and that's about it. Uh, Amber, driving uh, to work. We are not alone, I know. Pigeon Steve says, Dennis are just rats with wings. They're revolting. The idiots who feed them deserve to be prosecuted. Yes. Apparently, there's a gay rugby team in Brighton. I'm not at all surprised by that. Uh, Della's off to Heathrow to fly to Australia. 
Oh, you'll like that. Somebody going to Australia, Mike. Perhaps they can say hello to your family or something like that. Out there. He's, he's, he's going. He's going. He's looking forward to going over to Australia. He's only about half an hour before he gets to see his family. Well, he doesn't know they've moved. Um, but they, uh, they're about half an hour from the airport, which I think is quite far enough. I feel sorry for people who've driven down from up north and then they, they, they come all the way down to get a, a plane from either Stansted or Gatwick or from Heathrow or, God forbid, Luton. Luton seems to be fairly... They call that Lute, London Luton Airport. You know, so people fly into Luton. They were near London. Biggest con trick ever. You know, it's like Stansted Airport, but that had snow the other day, didn't it? Quite bad snow. So you've got to be very careful doing things like that. So uh, you have a nice time, Della. She says, I, I'm looking forward to listening to you around midday for the next three weeks. How, you need three weeks, don't you? You need three weeks on holiday. It's the only way that you can, uh, you can do it. You can't, you can't do a holiday of a week. You couldn't go to Australia just for a week. By the time you got over there, it'd be time to sort of unpack your bags and then pack them up again to come home. The dive girl, disabled by the Benz, is in, a, is in another country. This is a girl who suffered permanent spinal damage at a five-star resort. She's since learnt to walk again, but has little feeling in her lower body. I know the feeling. And I've never even been uh, scuba diving, because I said before, it doesn't interest me, but people do scuba holidays. Um, she's uh, a former long-distance runner. She's suing the resort for 50,000 quid damages, claiming instructors failed to notice signs of her decompression sickness. Because if you come up too fast... You get the bends, don't you? You get oxygen in your blood and there's all sorts of problems. But uh, which by then when you look at the amount she's claiming, 50,000, doesn't really seem very much, actually. If you're going to be left permanently paralysed from the waist downwards, she had to spend three weeks in a decompression chamber. And um, she was on a six month uh, tour with her boyfriend. She said it was um, it was supposed to be the trip of a lifetime. The actual place says, uh, as, as this is ongoing, we can't comment, but our side of the story is very different. Because, you know, if people don't follow the advice, like, do you remember Gemma Collins after she fell into that hole and everybody laughed like drains? Because, uh, you know, because she was stupid. She didn't look. She'd been told about it. She was told about it. And so then when she fell in and everybody laughed at her, she then said, I'm going to sue the BBC. And I think the BBC went, go on, bring it on. The next minute, she's not going to sue the BBC. Of course she wouldn't. She'd lose a small fortune because it would be proven that uh, they told her all about it. I mean, that's the trouble with these people. They think they're so clever, whereas, in fact, really, they're actually not, not bright at all. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Hope you're, uh, you're enjoying your Christmas. I'm not going to say hope you enjoyed Christmas, because it's still going for a lot of people. You've got the 12 days of Christmas. Uh, Elton John uh, is pictured in the paper today. He's wearing a sort of a panther cape. Uh, he was wearing it on Boxing Day. It's worth about £4,000. It's the most awful thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I thought he normally had sort of much, much better fashion chase, uh, choice. And here's uh, Gigi Hadid to remind you to get back into the gym like she looks like she's ever been fat. And uh, she's uh, also, she's got zero fat figure. <sighs> Haven't we all? Wouldn't we all love zero fat figure? Can you imagine? Zero fat, I'd love a zero fat figure. Can you imagine? Actually being able to tuck your shirt into your jeans. Or wear speedos on the beach. Never going to happen, is it? Absolutely never going to happen. But uh, anyway, she's got this uh, this calendar. She's the one who's going out with Zayn Malik, and um, it's lovely. She's just another one of these models where they sort of they have a little bit of attitude, but they haven't really. If you actually quiz them, they, w- they wouldn't know anything else. I watched a very good program the other day on the telly about John Lennon, and it had Cynthia Lennon and uh, Yoko Ono. 
She was very... Uh, do you remember when, when she met John? It was at an art gallery. And she came up to him and gave him a card. And it had one word written on it. Breathe. And John, who was off his, off his face on sort of all sorts of strange mind-bending drugs. In fact, I think actually most of the Beatles were. I think they wrote most of the albums, actually, when they went to meet the Maharishi. And then I think John got busted for, for drugs and everything else. Then he did the Two Virgins album, where he and Yoko Ono were stark naked. On the front cover, they were... Uh, they were looking away from us, so you've got pictures of their bottoms, and they were sort of looking round to the side, and then if you opened the album up, they were they turned round and they were start naked. I sent a sympathy card immediately. And, um, and, and it was very odd, because when it was sold in this country, they weren't allowed to sell it as an album, and they didn't have shrink wrap, so it was sold in a brown paper bag. That's exactly what it was sold in. And so you had to buy it if you wanted to see them naked. Can't imagine why. Because now you just go onto the internet, type in John Lennon, Yoko Ono naked, and up come three million pictures. That's the advantage of the internet. It's not that you get naked pictures of John Lennon, but the fact you can now find all the information that years ago at LBC we had at our fingertips, but you had to go through a reference library and a cuttings library to find stuff out about people. Uh, nowadays, you can, I can type in a celebrity's name or even my own name and find out everything about me. Interesting, isn't it? I, I mean, I'm always in awe of the internet. I love it. I think it's absolutely brilliant. I'm glad it was in my lifetime. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a picture here of Jade Thirlwell. Uh, she went out uh, for doing South Shields Cancer Connection on Boxing Day, which was her 25th birthday. So she puts the Father Christmas outfit on and they go and stand in the water. Why people want to do this, I've got no idea. No idea. Freezing cold, freezing cold. Uh, the dog... Tied to a McDonald's ad board twice. Hauled it into the restaurant as the owner ordered food. Gaynor van der Hagen saw a woman disciplining the husky after its first trip to the tills. She said it looked like it might stay there, then saw her again and took off. Everybody was in hysterics. This was in Walton-on-Thames. They're a bit like that down there. Uh, the dog and its owner, a middle-aged East European lady, were in Walton-on-Thames, Surrey, at 1pm on December the 19th. Call us if you know who they are. God, perhaps not, actually, perhaps not. Uh, also, old Lang Syne, forgotten by 97% of people. This is your, your crib sheet, OK, for New Year's Eve. Should old acquaintance be forgotten, never brought to mind? OK, just in case. Should old acquaintance be forgot and old Lang Syne? For old Lang Syne, my dear, for old Lang Syne, we'll tack, not take, we'll tack. A cup of kindness yet for old Lang Syne. If you don't know it, just hum the words. But it's very embarrassing with people. People will be down here because I think we're going to have um, uh, Big Ben's going to be bonging out on New Year's Eve, and we're going to take the bongs live on LBC. That's so exciting, isn't it? I love that. I think that's brilliant. I did a whole program once for New Year's Eve. They said, "Would you like to go down to Trafalgar Square?" I said, "Not really, no." So I stood outside the air conditioning unit. Uh, at LBC, which made clunks and clanks and sort of sounded like a crowd of people. And that's where we did it from. Nobody was any the wiser. I just said, they said, and now let's go to Steve Allen, who's down in Trafalgar Square. I'm down in Trafalgar. You just pitch your voice up a couple of octaves and it sounds like you're trying to fight over a crowd. It's very busy down here. Everybody's looking forward to midnight coming in. Meanwhile, the old air conditioning unit's pumping out in the background. And it sounded just like it was a crowd of people. It was what they call white noise. And uh, it worked really well, actually. I was quite pleased with myself. I didn't want to go to... It was a bit of a walk down to Trafalgar Square. And also, you're fighting your way through thousands of people who, for some reason, want to be in Trafalgar Square uh, on the 31st. Whereas I shall be in here 
on the 31st and on the 1st. Because I'll be doing breakfast between 7 and 10. That's when everybody goes, oh, I don't feel very well today. Then you've got the New Year's Day Parade, which is going to be lovely, isn't it? I like that idea, which is good. Uh, what else we got in the papers today? Um, oh, the Holiday Brit. This is the story from yesterday. Uh, this is uh, Laura Plummer, the drug smuggler. OK, she's got a husband. He, incidentally, still has a wife and children. Although they've conveniently pushed them to one side in the newspapers. It's like, uh, it's her husband. Not legal in this country, I have to tell you. Not legal in this country. And she's 33, so she's getting on a bit now. And uh, he's got a bad back. And so, so they've been married 18 months. He's obviously got this bad back. And he can't get Tramadol. He obviously knows all about Tramadol because he asked her to get Tramadol. Tramadol in Egypt is a banned drug. It's seen as a drug that heroin users use as a substitute for heroin. So it's worth money. It's worth money. He claims he's got a bad back, although he managed to turn up to the court case and not once did anybody hear a squeak out of him. So I'm slightly doubtful about that one. Anyway, and um, she then bought these Tramadol. Where she got them from, I've got no idea. She can't have got them from her GP because that would be fraud and she could be prosecuted. So why she didn't say to him, why don't you get them yourself in Egypt... Uh, and the answer is they're banned. So can you bring them over for me? Oh, right. Is that OK? Yeah, that's OK. He must have known. He must have known. He's either trying to get rid of her uh, and try and pretend because the next thing is she's uh, she's searched at the airport. You Oi, over here. And so they put her down there and they go through the bags and they x-ray them first. And they, they discover she's got 300 of these tra- tramadol. I'm only laughing because you can't believe the stupidity of somebody. And they go, well, she she did check and it wasn't on the Foreign Office website. Ah, right, so you knew that there might be a danger. Do you not think, you know, you should be checking this kind of thing? But anyway, it didn't happen. And so she goes into court. Or no, sorry, then she's sort of arrested and they go, she could face the death penalty. And I'm thinking, that's a bit harsh. And then I thought, well, she's drug smuggling. They don't want heroin users in Egypt or they don't want them anywhere else, thank you very much indeed. And so she then gets hauled into court. On Christmas Day, I don't think it makes any difference really over in Egypt, and uh, and then she collapses, so out she goes again, and they put her back her in the next day, and the judge looks at all the evidence, and um, and the uh, speaks to her her legal team, and he then comes back. So originally they were talking she could face the death penalty and twenty five years in prison. They come back with three years, which to be honest with you is quite reasonable. You know, she did have the drug. It wasn't like she didn't have the drugs on her. She did have the drugs on her. She's saying, oh, I was just a bit silly. A little bit more than that, dear. It's used as a heroin substitute. You know, let's not play silly beggars, shall we, with the courts over there. And uh, and they go, right, you, you go to prison for three years. So the next thing is she's carted off to this other prison. It's a hell prison. But then it's called prison. There's a reason for it. It's for people who've been very, very bad indeed. And uh, they've lodged an appeal um, but it'll take 60 days because they just don't have the time to do these sort of appeals. Uh, her mother and sister have said uh, the Foreign Office were concerned. It's our worst fears come true. She'll be in a cell with terrorists, ISIS, brides and killers. Yeah. And they'll be in prison with a drug smuggler. <laughs> Hello? Hello? They're not going to be doing anything. It's a women's prison, as far as I know. But uh, they said, I wanted to say goodbye to her, but I didn't even get the chance. It's prison. I don't know whether or not this family are the daftest in the valleys, but it's called prison. Over there, she's seen as a drug smuggler. It's as simple as that. Three years seems seems like some sort of advantage. I can't believe it. Who's eating all of that lot? Who's eating it? The news team. 
Don't they have breakfast when they wake up? Honestly, I thought they'd have sausage, bacon, egg and hash browns. How many are out there? Have they got the loads of them? How many? How, 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 how big was the... They, they, we have... A, this is just Paul Smith and Moira. <laughs> they're, they're eating three bagfuls of McDonald's this morning to get them through the day. That little, that's the trouble with McDonald's. When I've ever uh, had it, the eye is bigger than the stomach and you eat it. And then after you go... I wish I'd not eaten that. You feel a bit guilty, don't you? The double so- did they have, have they got double sausage egg McMuffins? Sing- oh, single. Oh, right. Singles. You got a breakfast wrap. Oh, that's a wrap where they put different things in it. I never like those. Uh, but I do like the double sausage and egg McMuffin. It's just eating burgers, isn't it, in the morning? Can't be good for you. <laughs> but if it's their comfort food, they can have it and enjoy it. Why not, for goodness sake? There's the, the, now the, you never get rid of the smell of double sausage and egg McMuffin. Oh, you wait till Nick Abbott comes in here this evening and goes, what's been going on in here? Oh, we'll have a field day. Anyway, just going back to this uh, caged holiday Brit. I mean, honestly, they make it sound so dramatic. She was smuggling drugs in. OK, let's get it right. Let's get it in perspective. You know, what do we do? A little bit of a holiday for her. Perhaps, go, oh, there you go. She's 33. She's not daft. But um, these uh, tablets are legal. In this country. They're on prescription only, though, and apparently it's quite tightly controlled. She argued they were for back pain suffered by her husband, who's got a wife and children. The foreign, is, uh, the foreign office said we're assisting her and the family. I should imagine places like Egypt are a bit sick to death of the foreign office interfering with their justice system. But there again, we are the country that allows convicted murderers and paedophiles to live here. And we go, don't worry, we'll give you a house and a car. For the third day running... The papers have done the Somalian family living for 15 years in a £2.2 million house and paying 90 quid a week. They've made no effort to to do anything. I mean, I'm not sure what what the system is with with council. It's owned by Islington Council, but quite clearly. So somebody's lived there for 15 years. It's a family of seven. You think maybe, you know, not having children would be an advantage and actually contributing a bit more. Why is it not a realistic rent? They're both working, for goodness sake. Uh, also, a dad. He's in all the papers today. Sad, but but good news at the same time. Uh, this is uh, Darren uh, Brynell. He was killed whilst buying presents for his children on Christmas Eve. Uh, he was in a, involved in a motorbike crash. But what's happened is uh, they've managed to save three lives. So out of his one disaster, three lives. After his organs were donated on Christmas morning uh, last year, his kidneys, liver... And pancreas went to desperately ill patients. Uh, isn't that amazing? So it happens, it's an old story. But what they're basically saying is, would you like to sign up to the organ donor register? People used to hold them, didn't they? You can donate your corneas and things like that. But so out of a tragedy, he was only 37. So relatively young, uh, but too young to die, as they say. Mind you, I think any age is too young to die. Even in your 90s, I think it's way too young to die. But uh, three people... Uh, have had a life-changing moment, and that's why it's very special. But uh, sad for the families, but as years go by, they'll probably all get... You watch next year, there'll be a picture of them all all getting together, uh, saying, you know, these people lived because this person, unfortunately, lost their life at Christmas. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. We're now having a discussion, or an argument, in the studio between me and the Australian producer. He says that yoghurt, which he pronounces yoghurt can only be eaten at breakfast. He says, oh, cripe, Steve, I have, you know, a bowl of muesli with uh, yoghurt and also... This is fruit yoghurt, by the way, because I said you eat it, 
you know, after lunch, after dinner, you can have yoghurt any time. No, and he has it with, you know, strawberries and blueberries and all this kind of stuff. It's basically, it's a meal for people who are getting very fat and they think they're doing something good. Whereas, in fact, all the nuts and all the yoghurt that he's eating are really bad for him. But he doesn't know that. He thinks it's sort of, because it doesn't look like it's fatty food, he thinks it's OK. But he thinks you can only eat it at breakfast. I said, no, you have it all the time. Obviously, if you go to Australian hotels, there will be for breakfast steak and eggs. Because that's the old line, isn't it, in a town like Alice, where he, he goes into the outback and, and, they, and he says, oh, well, what do you actually got on, on for breakfast today? And the woman, called Sheila, says, uh, she says, we've got uh, steak and eggs. And he goes, um, can I have the steak without the eggs? And she looks at him and he goes, it's steak and eggs. They can't, they can't sort of separate the steak and eggs at all. And the same mindset here, dealing with this, it's like bagels, or bagels. And uh, he doesn't think you can eat that. He has those with peanut butter. Straight to hell. Straight to hell. And a little bit of a fruity bagel. And you have that with peanut butter. You have, oh dear, I mean really, you are, seriously, you're not going to, there's going to be no baby Jesus welcoming you to come and sit on a cloud, is there, any time soon? For bre- you have that for breakfast, do you? Actually, I tend to find that peanut butter is a bit heavy for breakfast, but it is delicious. I think that there should be a cafe. Well, not a cafe, but like one of these fast food places, and they serve toast. And you buy your toast, you get a little pat of butter and a little tub of peanut butter or squirty peanut butter. Why don't they make peanut butter squirty? That'd be so, so much easier, wouldn't it? So having to stick your knife in. Because when, when we've had it in the, in the canteens over the years, you know, somebody else has put their knife in there. We go, oh, no, I don't want that. I'd rather, I'll, I'll, I'll have to open a new jar. If it's just me eating it, that's OK. But I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't want to share peanut butter or chocolate spread. In fact, I haven't had chocolate spread, I don't think, ever in my life. I don't think I've ever had that. I like sandwich spread. That's quite nice. That's a bit sort of thing. I like um, I like Branston pickle, large chunks or little chunks. Uh, and I've had I've had bagels or bagels on numerous occasions, but only with smoked salmon. <laughs> Sounds terribly grand. Smoked salmon and cream cheese is actually quite nice. That is, or failing that, just smoked salmon. <laughs> I could eat smoked salmon by itself. It's, it's 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 kind of a comfort food, and also it's so good for you. Not only is it good for you. But it's it's sort of it's sort of healthy-ish, and and it's cheaper than fish fingers, much cheaper than fish. It's e- it's cheaper for you to eat smoked salmon than it is for you to eat fish fingers. And people say, don't be so ridiculous. Fish fingers are cheap. You go ah pound for pound. You take out the amount of fish that's in a fish finger. There's very little of it, and then you take smoked salmon. Smoked salmon's better value, and better for you. So that's good news. Uh, what else we got here? Oh, we've got the ice skating coming back, which is going to be really dreary. Because um, I think this year you've got um, Donna Eyre, uh, who is dating, or might still be dating, James Middleton, who is the Duchess of Cambridge's uh, brother. I suppose she needs the money or the attention. Difficult to tell when people go into these things. I think she's dancing with uh, that Longshong bottom bloke who's with uh, Samir Gardia, uh, which is good. Uh, also, uh, when feisty Mel Owen returns to EastEnders, she could well be well coming back with a bang. Tamsin Althwaite wants her character to start a steamy affair with Max Branning on her return. I don't think you can actually start appealing for what storylines you like. Do you think so? I don't think so. I think people... I mean, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Uh, what have we got here? Favourites. Our top females, big events and a couple of pretty fit fellas. This is written by Lindsay Clark. Whoever she is, I have no idea. She might be part of a team somewhere. Favourite reality star is Georgia Toffolo, a very plain, unattractive girl. Seriously, very plain. You're going to be bored with her very quickly. Favourite film was Wonder Woman, not shared by anybody at all. 
Favourite couple. I mean, this is the biggest waste of space in a newspaper. Harry and Meghan. That's our favourite couple. Really? How odd. Favourite Instagram is Liz Hurley. Uh, Favourite LOL. Biggest laugh when she, when she fell down the trap door. That's Gemma the Hutt Collins. I mean, nobody's favourite at all. That's why she's having to go on a reality show to try and find somebody to go out with her. Favourite telly is Dr Foster. Favourite um, crush is Anthony Joshua. This is the one they want for Celebrity Big Brother, so he can regale you with boring stories about uh, about boxing. Favourite trend is the 80s. And favourite pop star is Ariana Grande. Why would you pick her? Why couldn't we pick somebody like um, Adele? She'd be more in keeping, wouldn't she? I like Adele. She's very... What? She's very popular, isn't she? I think... She weighs it. Yeah, but she's she swears a lot. She swears. She's she's even worse than Gemma the Hutt. She swears terribly. Although Gordon Ramsay is in the papers today saying that he um, he likes it as the kids are growing up because now he can swear in front of them. And I have to be honest, I've, I've sworn in front of my godchildren. Not intentionally swearing. You know, sometimes a little word slips out or something like that. Whereas when, when they... I can't, you know... But when, when they were younger, you wouldn't. I would deliberately try not to swear. But their dad swore more than I did. So I was just say, don't swear in front of my godchildren. Then I suddenly realised they were his children. Uh, the Daily Mirror today. So £500,000 a day, NHS car park rips, rip-offs. So they've now got £175 million. I don't know why they keep going about the NHS is in a dreadful state. It's doing quite well on this. The car park companies probably make the most money. And, uh, of course, it's, it's bad when you go there. I always say take public transport. Take public transport if you're going... Unless it's obviously something you can't take public transport for. But uh, they even charge staff. Is that appalling? The amount of hours that people put in, you know, at the NHS, they go, oh, by the way, you've got to pay for your parking. I realise that in certain parts of the country, especially London, parking is at a premium. You know, whenever you get flats being put up here, the first thing you ask is, excuse me, is, is there parking? If there isn't any parking, you might as well sort of forget it. I mean, it's an NHS car park tax on the sick. And so they've got here, this is how much people get charged for, for an hour visit. Well, you can't do very much in an hour. But the time you found the parking space, OK, then you put the ticket in the car. Then you've got to get into the hospital, get into the ward, talk to the person. Then you've got to head back again. So in most of them, it's about three pounds an hour. That's about average. Three pounds an hour, which, you know, if you're visiting somebody who's very sick, three pounds probably doesn't seem so, so much. But you're probably going to be doing two hours, aren't you? The Royal Free is three pounds. Then the South End University Hospital is £3.50. Sorry, sorry £3.20, I beg their pardon. And it goes up to Hereford County Hospital at £3.50. However, the Royal Surrey County Hospital in Guildford, £4. But that is up to two hours. Minimum charge, four quid for up to two hours. So you're stuck because you can't buy one hour. You can only buy four quid's worth. So they're laughing at you, really. I mean, it's disgraceful. It re- I mean, I think it's really awful that people have to have to pay to go and visit somebody in hospital. Never used to happen before. Never used to happen before. Really quite uh, quite awful. Uh, but, you know, they make so much money out of it, so why would they not charge it? But £4 to go and visit somebody in hospital. They say, you can have up to two hours. You go, well, I only want ten minutes just dropping off a fruit bowl or something like that. You know, don't want to hang around. You have to pay in all the hospitals, so I always get the bus. Because most buses now will drop you at the West Mid. They can drop you. When I go to get the burns done, the bus drops you. Oh, my zip's kind of done. Uh, the, the the bus drops you literally next next to the hospital. So that's quite good. I mean, you do get that a lot. You very rarely get off and then have to walk, do you, really? Chaos on the roads, as Paul Smith was telling you earlier on. Uh, snow-go areas. 
This is all. And it's coming down again. They reckon on Friday and Saturday we'll have lots more snow. Not down here, though. Is I don't think there's anything down here. I think we're sort of North Midlands. Well, let's not go to the North Midlands then this weekend. We're waiting for Nando's to open in Twickenham. We're waiting. That'll be open soon. We'll have to go, actually. We go there. It's very close. Gem, Gem, of, the, Gem of the Hut. Gemma Collins. Because she's like Jabba the Hut. She's like big blouse. Because she eats too much. That's what it is. She doesn't have any illness. She just overeats. So there's lots of pictures of snow clouds, lots of pictures of cars sitting there doing nothing. Because I don't know if you've ever driven in the snow. Can you imagine if you come in from Australia and you've never driven in snow before and then all of a sudden the snow comes down and you go, oh, let's take the car out, mate. You know, before you know where you are, you're like on a surfboard on Bondi. You're all over the blooming shop. Because what, what do you do? All right, here you go. Little, little quiz question for you. All of a sudden, your car starts... Uh, going into a spin. Which way do you turn the wheel? Going into a spin. Okay. No, you turn into it. You turn... You don't turn the opposite way. It makes it even worse. Doesn't it? Sorry? Go with the skid. Go with, you turn both ways. You don't drive, do you? Where do you... When did you get a licence? Well, in this country... You you did a... I don't think you did. You did a driving test here. Where? Where? Pass it... What do you mean, pass it over? What? Your grandmother's passed over her licence to you. What's going on here? Where did, where did you... Well, excuse me. Excuse me. Where did you take your driving test? Oh, straight... And you're allowed to drive on our roads? Right, that's a DVLA question straight away today. How come somebody from Australia... Who's, which side of the road do you drive on? Oh, right. But I don't think, because you've got big road, you don't see a car for one day to the next, do you? If you're driving out in the outback with Zippy and all the rest of them. You've got kangaroos to dodge and, and koalas crawling across the road and monitor lizards and crocodiles and things like that. So you can take a test in, in Australia. You don't have to take any test. Oh, right, no, you haven't had to take any test over here. It's like a refresher about, you know, how our traffic lights work. Red, orange, green, green. You know, from where? You, from Grand Theft Auto. Dude, I mean, these people are driving on... How many Australians are driving on Aussie licences? Everybody in Fulham. I think, do you think that's really weird, that you can, you can pass a test in other country and then drive... Because if you pass your driving test in America, every time you... And you, you don't have to take it physically, you do it on a computer out there, because a friend of mine lives out there. But when he comes back to this... Yeah, on a computer. When he comes back to this country, when he goes back, he has to, to refresh... And do it again, just to make sure. So it sort of keeps it in your mind. Yeah, you do it on a computer. You don't have to go out on the road at all. Mind you, it's very, I don't like night driving. I've decided it's very dangerous. Cars was honestly, I was doing. I think on the motorway the other day, probably when it was raining, I was probably doing about sixty, sixty-three, something like that. There's cars bombing past me, bombing past me. Absolutely awful. Uh, you're welcome at my home anytime, says Kim. I'll do you one of my special homemade curries, being mindful of the old diabetes. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Next time you're up north of the border, give me a wee, uh, wee smashing Lorraine Kelly holler and I'll get the, uh, I'll get the pots rattling and a-rolling. All right, because she's got the show coming up on the BBC. It's sort of, you know, bring all your Scottish relatives in. And it's like the well... Oh, you're gorgeous. You're very pretty. We've got, uh, some of my favourite people are going to be wearing frocks. and a, That's how she talks, isn't it? Lorraine Kelly. BBC show. She's an ITV person, yet she's on the BBC. I don't know. Is she strong enough to front a, a game? It's a game show about two people getting married. And if you if you win, then they'll do your wedding on television. It's I'm exactly. I mean, I've switched off mentally. 
switched off mentally because it's, it's going to be ghastly. I just don't think we want a wedding show. Uh, Steve, uh, James Martin has a fab recipe for sprouts with bacon. Yeah, it's not exactly complicated, is it? But uh, peanut butter, uh, jam and banana. Oh, not sure about that. People were telling me uh, the best one is peanut uh, butter and marmite. That's supposed to be very, very good. Uh, lovely hot tomato soup in a flask. Good one for a journey, says Tim. Oh, I dreamt about that this morning. I was going to bring in some of my um, haddock chowder, which is one of my favourite soups at the moment. I love cream of tomato. can only be Heinz. I know other people make it, but and they say, oh, it's, it's the same. No, 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 it's not the same. I'm sorry. And, uh, but the haddock chowder is delicious. You get quite a lot for one person, and it fills a big double mug. And it's very warming. There's something about it. I'm not even a fish sort of person, but I, I like a haddock chowder, which is very good. Uh, and Bunny says, I agree with you, Steve. Christmas is a long season up till the feast of the presentation, 2nd of Feb. Uh, up making lunch for 12. I could crisp up a few extra spuds for my favourite LBZ presenter. Thank you very much indeed. I was thinking about that the other day. I thought, you know, I'd, I nearly had a bit of a breakdown. I thought, should I go and get another halogen oven? And I thought, I think not. Let's not tempt fate, shall we? Because I have a feeling we're going to be tempting fate at some point this year. I'm trying not to. Uh, Jane Fonda is 80. She says, I thought I'd die before the age of 30. But no, she's 80 now. Still looks good. All these people... But these, these are people who know how to, you know, be photographed. There are tricks to being photographed to make you look good and young. There's also a good story today. It's, uh, it's a, a bloke. Two men. They've been best pals for 60 years. And now they've found out they're brothers. After 60 years being a friend with somebody... God help you if, I'm, if I find out I'm related to Paul Smith. Can you imagine? I go, oh, Steve, you're, you're my brother. You know, I'm going, oh, God, let's get another DNA test. Let's find out I'm not. <laughs> isn't that amazing, though? You know somebody for 60 years, then they turn out to be your brother. It's like living in Norfolk, isn't it, where everybody seems to be. Somebody sent a text to me. Oh, right. Is it a fan of G's? Nobody knows I eat too much. I don't, I don't tell anybody what I eat. And she, look at the size of her. She's a beach hut. What are you on about? People write the stupidest things nowadays. I mean, she's, she's been caught out eating KFC and everything like that. Look at the size of it. I mean, she, I shouldn't imagine if she lies down in bed, she's seen her feet in the last 20 years. She knows they're there, presumably. I mean, she's got to be borderline diabetes, hasn't she, I would think. Uh, so, so it's the hot tomato soup. If you're going on a long journey and there's going to be snow, you can also raise a glass to George, his family, who are not going to tell you what, or where is Will's going. Uh, but Faddy, we think, is going to get the house. So, contrary to all that baloney that came out from the cousin, who apparently was George's best friend, who turned out actually not to be, uh, you know, that Faddy wouldn't get anything, the family hated him, he's in line for a multi-million pound house. I think that kind of proved... The other one, the other boyfriend, uh, who he was with for years and years, that finished ages ago, but he doesn't even live in the country. But they say, raise a glass to our George and say those I love yous out loud. He got to number three in the charts. Which was, that's not bad. That's not bad. But how much did he leave in the will? Let's say about 105 million. That means you could go out and sort of buy whatever you wanted. That's the way I look at it. But then I thought, I could probably do that now if I put my mind to it. As long as it wasn't too expensive. Not too expensive. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. It's amazing, actually, that when I, when I told you earlier on that the 6,000 people have been caught at the wheel on their phone for the second time... Spare a thought, please, for the police in Manchester. They've had a bit of a, a Yuletide crackdown. They discovered that traffic officers recorded 239 driving offences. This included... I shouldn't laugh, actually, because this is highly dangerous. 57 mobile phones, 
56 seatbelt offences. Somebody was caught eating pot noodle. Somebody was watching TV at the... They must be mad as broomsticks up there. Chief Inspector Tariq Butt says drivers continue to put themselves and others at risk when not in control. In a separate crackdown on drink and drugs, the force made 149 arrests in 16 days. 17 people tested positive after a collision, whilst 132 were caught in breath tests. Actually, uh, my, my Lynn phoned me the other day. She said, well, there's just been an accident in the, in the middle of Twickenham. Two cars collided. One, the bumper, the half of the car just disappeared completely. That'll be just bad driving. Because if you follow the rules, I mean, it's been an accident waiting to happen. We've had all sorts of... Uh, all sorts of accidents over the years, but this was uh, this was the first one, really, of the festive season. Uh, Chris Packham has revealed he has no plans to marry his long-term partner while his dog is still alive. Uh, the Springwatch star has been with Isla White zoo owner Charlotte Corney for ten years, but he was devastated when his poodle Itchy died last year. His other poodle Scratchy is now in poor health. Asked if he and Charlotte would ever wed, Chris said, I would say no. It's all about animals at the moment. We have to concentrate on them. He's basically just not committed to anything at all, is he, really? Which is a little bit of a shame. He revealed he cancelled Christmas last year after losing Itchy, saying, we carried on working and didn't put up any decorations. But as I say, he lives apart. He's 56 now. He's, sort of, he's, a, he's a youthful 56. But uh, they don't. She, she lives on the Isle of Wight with a zoo, and he lives over here, in the middle of a forest or something like that. It's a very odd relationship. But then again, I'm, I've learned through bitter experience, never worry about how other people's relationships are going. Uh, comedy gold or TV at its worst? And um, uh, Ian Hyland says, I love it. And this is Matt, Mrs Brown's boys. I've interviewed Brendan, as you know, and he was a super guest. Really, very unassuming. That's why when... It hit the papers the other day and they were saying, oh, he's turned down £150,000 to go on Celebrity Big Brother. I thought he doesn't need £150,000. Why would he want to go and put himself through that kind of rubbish? Mind you, if you, the one which is for the real desperate people is I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, mainly because we don't even know who they are. You know, somebody who's been on a reality show like poor old Toffee. I mean, who cares, for goodness sake? I mean, and they think that's a career now. Not really. Uh, Wigan, they always dress up now. Um, boys and girls dress up there. One group stopped traffic in cone outfits. Uh, there were two ladies wearing hardly anything, but that's Wigan for you. That's kind of that's kind of a normal outfit to wear around there. And uh, they say they were dressed as Pamela Anderson, not as cheap and as trashy as these two. And very wise, they didn't show their faces. I think it's always the ugly ones who want to dress up as Pamela Anderson, isn't it, for some reason. 44% of you, the members of the public, and I might include myself here, haven't seen a policeman in uniform on the street for at least a year. I don't... I'm trying to think back if I have seen... I have seen police. I do see them, but I don't see them very often. I really... Put it away. Put it in the bag. Sorry. I've given him a little bit of aftershave. I've got a little bit of Creed left in a in a bottle. I mean, it is, it's a very small amount, and he's now very excited about it. And he's, but there's, I mean, tiny, it'll last him, you know, like a couple of months, and uh, and then it'll go, and then he'll have to go and spend his money. He'll, he'll be cashing in his plane ticket to go and buy some Creed. <laughs> so 40%, get it, Jude? I don't think you'll get it duty-free. I bet you won't. I'll be very, very surprised. They control it quite quite well, actually. If they do, get me some. <laughs> so 44% of you. I mean, that's, that's, that's quite a lot. That's only 6% off 50. Haven't seen police in uniform. Does it make any difference where you are, I suppose? I suppose. 17% of people feel they, they have a regular police, police presence in the area where they are. Uh, we have 
uh, police around. I don't see many on the streets, though. I mean, really not many. But in this weather, why should police have to be standing out on the streets? Mainly it's done in cars, isn't it? I would have thought that was kind of the best thing. Uh, Jim says, please do not get another halogen oven. You're a bit too, uh, bit too special. Yes. Uh, why is parking free to visit anyone in prison across the country, but you have to pay to park to visit the sick in all the hospitals? Well, what you've got to do then, if you want to visit them, is get them to commit a crime. Then they can go to prison. Although, actually, if, you, if it's the shoplifting malarkey, they're not get, the police aren't going to bother if it's under 200 quid. Well, that's the most stupid thing I've ever heard in my entire life. If that isn't a charter for people thicking and... Thicking and kneaving. Thieving and nicking. I don't know what is. That means that people can go out there and take whatever they want and they're going to go, oh, just just help yourself. I mean, I feel like going out there and going, well, I'll, I think I'll just take a turkey and we'll take a Christmas cake and a few other things. And when they go, where are you going? I go, well, it's under £200. You're not going to prosecute, are you? What a stupid thing to say. I've never heard anything like it. Absolutely ridiculous. One in six vicars are part-time. You know why? Because sometimes a vicar will run a number of churches and uh, the Bishop of London, the Right Reverend Sarah... Malali was working as Britain's chief nursing officer when she was ordained. She said this tapestry of experience offers a richness to the church. I don't think it does, actually. I think it shows lack of stability, and that's why people aren't going to church. Nobody goes to church anymore. You know, you've got to, get, you've got to go somewhere to get people into church now. You get people who go regularly to church, and you get those people who are sort of the Bible bashers, the people who are determined to tell you when they come on the radio that they're a committed Christian. Whereas everybody's got a faith. Everybody believes in something. Don't have to go to church to be religious. I think that was made quite clear in the Bible. Lewis Shamilton fans blast the video apology. Well, because it was a sham. It was absolutely a load of codswallop. Um, this is where he shamed his young nephew for wearing a dress. And then afterwards he tried to backtrack. Oh, no, I really admire... No, you didn't. No, you didn't. What you were doing is showing a side of you that I don't think we'd seen before. Do you say the same thing about gay people? Do you? I'd be quite interested because if you say about somebody, a little boy who wants to put a dress on and thinks he looks good, and you go, boys don't wear dresses. Well, unfortunately for you, Lewis, you need to stick your head out from under the sand and have a good look around, because there's quite a lot of boys who want to wear dresses. Go see Billy Elliot. Oh, no, a bit too educational for you. But uh, in the video, it showed the boy in a pink and purple dress, and, and, and then Lewis Hamilton says, I'm sad right now, and then says, boys don't wear princess dresses. He said later, I meant no harm and didn't mean to offend anybody at all. I think, if anything, you've offended yourself because you're an idiot. Apart from, he's your nephew. If you really want to shame and name your nephew and then put it up on the internet. I'm surprised you took it down again. I mean, either you're the thickest person I've ever met or failing that, you really don't care who you hurt. Very hurtful. Very hurtful. You know, and that, uh, that, that sham of an apology was not good enough. So who's the radio host? Who's in... Ba- another one. Another idiot here. This is uh, a presenter called uh, Niall, I think it's pronounced uh, Arthanyaki. I think that's how you it. It's a Sri Lankan name, and I can never do Sri Lankan names. They're the most complicated names ever, seriously. Terrible. Anyway, he's a, he's a DJ, and his two youngsters excitedly reach for their stockings on Christmas morning. Instead of the usual array of traditional festive treats, all they got was a lump of coal. The DJ's 10-year-old son and 8-year-old daughter also found a note from Santa admonishing them for their bad behaviour. But instead of feeling chastened, their response was one of anger, he said. He told his listeners to his show that he took the unorthodox action because the children had been fighting like cats and dogs. Obviously bad parenting, young man, I suspect, if you've got children who are like that. But to take away the pleasure of Christmas, what a horrible person you are. 
What a horrible, horrible thing to do. The ruse backfired and the children were not able to get over the cruel gifts left by Santa. He was born in Harlow. I'm saying nothing. So, what a mean person you are. And then he parades them in a newspaper. You know, they've been really naughty, so they've got a piece of coal. What a horrible person you are. What a horrible, horrible person. So I'm glad it backfired on you. I'm really, really glad. That is the most awful thing you can do at Christmas time. If you want to get the kids to really hate you as they're growing up, you've done exactly the right thing. So they were messing around because they're badly behaved children. That's your problem. That's your problem. Anyway, coming up very shortly, the news at six o'clock. It's Thursday, the 28th of December. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Still to come, the uh, thieves amongst you who are thieving from the self-service tills. No surprise to me. And the brothel district. It's been renamed because apparently it's all going on in the Peak District. Not good news. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Thursday, 28th of December. I'm Steve Allen. This is Early Breakfast on LBC. With you till 7, Andrew Castle. With you for Brecky this morning. Because it's, it's a topsy-turvy week around Christmas and the festivities. Because a lot of people say, oh, I quite like the, the time off. So people go away with family and friends. And they either go abroad or they just sit at home, put their feet up and just go, I'm going to sleep. I'm just going to be lazy. I'm going to eat and sleep. And that's all I'm going to do. And I think that's great. You know, recharge the batteries. So when you eventually go back to work, you're ready and you're raring to go. Uh, Holiday cottages in the Peak District make the papers today, rented by criminal gangs and filmed with prostitutes. So says the uh, the Bishop of Derby. And he should know. That's, that's all around his area. Also, the people who thieve from the, from the self-service. One in four people admit fiddling self-service tills. Is it that easy? I suppose it must be that easy to do. I always get confused with my one, you know, unexpected objects in the bagging area, blah, 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 blah. But they know they're going to get away with it. And now the police are going soft on cases under £200. So what are they doing then? They're just sort of saying, oh, take whatever you want, walk out the shop. I mean, that's just, I've never anything like it. You know what people have been doing now? All the thieves, the druggies and all the other people who go into the big department stores and the supermarkets, they just pick stuff up and walk straight out again. What are they going to do? They're going to say to the, to the, to the store detective... It's under £200, all right? That's OK to thieve. Because that's what you're going to get. That is what you're going to get. Uh, Prince Harry and his, uh, his sort of radio love-in with, uh, with his dad, who he calls Pa, I believe. I mean, it was, it was a bit turgid because, you know, he's not a radio presenter in any way, shape or form. And it, it's good to say, oh, I'm going to be doing this uh, and all the rest of it. But then, then he says, we're the family that Meghan never had. And Meghan's family are going, I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. You know, but the trouble is they're, they're sort of, they're in a different world, different world. Don't switch queues. You could end up waiting longer. And it happens everywhere. Supermarket, the airport, the post office, motorways. Motorways, classic. You know, the other day it all grinds to a halt on the M25 because somebody's car bursts into flames and we all suffer because the police don't bother putting up any directional signs. And, and so people were wandering around in a bit of a dream. But people were changing lanes. People move in front of you. Somebody stop and they get, you know, because that's what you think. You see that lane moving quicker over there. So you go to that lane. And then sometimes you think, oh, wait a minute, the lane I was in is moving a little bit uh, little bit quicker. Uh, more on the snub to the UK as Egypt spirits Britain off to hellhole jail. Why, why, why would this be a snub to Britain? Why would it be a snub to Britain? She's a drug smuggler. Why would it be a snub to Britain? I'd like to see her put in jail and left there. And they've got all sorts of things. The prison full of killers and jihadis. Well, she's a drug dealer. What, I mean, why are we defending this woman? So you've got her family on the television. Uh, her sisters, Rachel and Jane... I mean, you know, perhaps they don't understand. 
perhaps I'm a, perhaps I'm coming at this from the wrong angle. So she's gone to this this uh, jail because she smuggled drugs in for her so-called husband. I mean, here he's actually classed as uh, boyfriend, but they got married. It's not legal in this country. I mean, she's obviously not the brightest penny in the box. But where did she get the drugs from? That's what people want to know. They're mounting an appeal, but it could take months because the Egyptian com- uh, legal system is very complicated. Good! Good! I'm glad it's complicated. You know, it's it's just ridiculous. Labour's Chris Bryant MP, a member of the Foreign Affairs Select Committee, warned the case risks becoming a diplomatic row. Keep your beaky nose out. She smuggled drugs into a country. They're illegal. Would it be OK if she just brought straight heroin in, I suppose? Because it could be used as a heroin substitute. I mean, you know, they, they say, I can't believe they've sent her to this prison. Her mother turned up with the fresh clothes and they said, oh, no, she's already been sent to the prison. And they said, if you kept a dog in there and the RSPCA saw it, you'd lose your dog. It's honestly that bad. It's prison. It's a prison. They're, supp- they're not supposed to be happy little holiday camps, I'm afraid. Egypt come down very hard on people who smuggle illegal drugs in. I don't understand where the complication is. Are we supposed to feel sorry for her because she got married to some Egyptian bloke who's got a wife and kids already? I don't understand at all. So the prison's full of killers and jihadis. Well, you just put somebody in prison in this country, the chances are they're probably a terrorist. We don't make a big brouhaha about that, do we? Make a big brouhaha because, I mean, she's 33. If she was 15, I could understand it because she might not be as intelligent. But at 33, you're supposed to have a modicum of intelligence, aren't you? He asks you to bring over a drug and she doesn't question why why don't you buy it locally? Because he must have said you, you can't get tramadol over here. And she went, oh, all right, I'll go and get it. Where does she get it from? Where do you get 290 tablets from? That's what I don't know. Nobody's ever asked these. All they're mo- moaning about on the television, the family are moaning about the dreadful condition she's in. <sniffs> Listen, it was two weeks ago they were thinking of uh, of execution. And she's kind of got off very lightly. If this had been anybody else, they'd have disappeared to that place. Largely, you'd ever see them. The family are now being complete drama queens and saying, oh, well, she, she won't survive this. Of course she will. Of course she will. It's a prison. It's in Egypt. We are in the year 2018 very nearly. You know, so there's killers and jihadis. It's a prison. Big surprise. God knows why the why the male have gone a bit funny about this all of a sudden and saying, you know, she's off to this hellhole jail. There's loads of people in hellhole jails. What are you making a big deal about this one for? Is she related to somebody or something that we don't know about? Or is she a simpleton and we're just not, you know. And then there's a commentary by somebody saying, at the mercy of a tyrant who doesn't care about Britain. She smuggled drugs in. I don't understand where the problem is. Perhaps it all would become clear that uh, they say that uh, this stuff is as addictive as heroin. It's used as a substitute. Now, far be it from me because I don't know. Has he really got a bad back? And if so, has he been to a doctor in Egypt because he's Egyptian? And has the doctor prescribed something else? And he's gone, I want something stronger. And the doctor said, well, you can't have anything stronger. And so he phones her up and she toodles off out there with 300 tablets. Has she done it before? Is he selling them? We don't know. None of this... Nobody's asked these questions. Where did she get it from? Because to get 300 tablets takes some going, let me tell you. Especially if she hasn't got a bad back. I don't think I could go into the doctors and get insulin. If somebody said to me, could you get insulin? It's like, you know, people can now... I mean, shortly you'll be able to buy Viagra over the counter. But up until now, it's people who are able to get Viagra who sell it on to other people. This drug, I should imagine you could sell on. I mean, either she's incredibly nice. She said, oh, she was just silly. It's a bit more serious than silly. 
Like with those Peruvian drug smugglers. I'd had enough of them, to be honest with you. I just don't understand why, why the males got behind this and are making a big deal about, oh, it's dreadful, you know, and we should sort of look after and all that. What for? I don't understand. If she'd been standing on a street corner flogging Tramadil, would that be all right as well? Ridiculous. Drivers trapped for hours. Five inches of snow. Brought road chaos. It does, doesn't it, in this country? We really can't go anywhere. We get some snow. Other, other places around the world, you know, like Antarctica, you know, like Iceland, places like that, they have snow all the time and everything manages to move. Over here, total disaster. Total disaster. It's all, you know, lorries jackknifing on motorways. And once you've got a jackknife lorry, then you've got to get the police out to them. People are sliding about all over the place. And, and the whole thing just grinds to a halt. Eight hours on one motorway. They were all sitting there. I mean, it's not like you can get out of the car and do something, but the advice earlier on from uh, from somebody this morning is actually to take a flask of soup. Don't bother with hot drinks. Take some soup with you. And then and then the kids can argue. Uh, we've, we've got tomato soup. I like tomato soup. Well, we've got tomato soup. I don't want tomato soup. And so you have to put up with that in the back of the car. Open the door, shove them outside. Sit outside. Clean, clean the windows off for us. That'll be quite nice. Uh, Steve, on my way to Shoreditch, I think a nice bagel in Brick Lane. Oh, don't tell the producer, for God's sake. He thinks you can only have them for breakfast. Kevin the Milkman knows which shop I like, says Jason, my sovereign driver. He says, have a good day, but it is freezing. It is really cold out there this morning. I noticed when I walked out this morning, I went, oh, blimey. I'm glad I've got a scarf on because I'm protecting my throat. I'm going through that malarkey again. But everybody, everybody's got it. Don't worry if you've got the cough. It's it's around and it's all doing the rounds. Mark in Sidcup says, I got a fantastic Christmas present, a Creed Aventus candle. Didn't know they did such a thing, do they? Creed Aventus? I'll have to check that one out, actually. Uh, I got loads of candles. Loads of candles for Christmas. I, I like I like a nice candle. I really do. The only bobbies I've seen outside of police car in recent times are stood holding a speed gun. Says, uh, says Dorney. Do you know, I didn't know people, they, they still use speed guns. They still use speed guns. I know that if they've got the plainclothes car, plainclothes car, the, the unmarked police cars, they have the thing which can register your speed. Um, just as well. The trouble is in my car, it, it goes very, very far. Oh, Aventus Creed scent, candle, Louis Crystal. Sh- Where'd you get that from? £20. That seems very reasonable. That seems very weird. Yeah, but the trouble is, where's that? Is that a, is it, have they got it on uh, on Amazon? I prefer to buy. You know, the reason I prefer to buy on Amazon is because if it's if it's actioned by Amazon, I feel it's a bit more than if you're buying something on eBay. Which, to be honest with you, most stuff is fake on eBay, so I wouldn't do it. You see, look on uh, Creed Aventus Rate. Like, oh, how much is that? Oh, it's out of. It's currently unavailable. You see, and then all of a sudden, strangely, you can buy it on eBay. It'll be fake. It'll be fake. They haven't got it at all, have they? Oh, that's a shame. But don't, don't, don't please write in with where I can get it. They say here, a woody and fruity scent. Certainly is, isn't it? Very woody and very fruity. So you can buy it on eBay, but as I say, chances are it's fake. So, uh, so be very careful. Uh, Steve, shows over Christmas were fab. This time two years ago, I was at death's door, says Claire on Canvey Island. Hubby spent days with me sitting by the bed with me in a coma. Spent a fortune on car parking. It's wrong to charge the nurses to park. Oh, I don't get that either. I really don't. It's awful. Uh, Bunny says, nothing new about letting shoplifters off. I worked on Oxford Street in the late 70s. Think you did. A retrospective stalker. That's me. Only joking. Says, any time after 5pm, the security department let the thieves off because it was too much hassle to prosecute. Yeah, because you've got to get the police in. And that's why a lot of the East European thieves who come over here, there'll be loads of them. 
And they said they couldn't care less whether they get arrested. It makes no difference to them. They're not remotely bothered because out of all the people that get stopped, there's loads of them that get through. And they, they will see literally a rack of clothes. They just pick them up and walk out. I've seen it happening on the uh, on the television. It's terrible, really, isn't it? Terrible. Uh, what else we got here today? Uh, 6,000 drivers caught on the phone twice. Twice. What is the matter with people? They obviously don't care. There's no deterrent, is there? No deterrent. Um, also, uh, the fox who got his head jammed between two gravestones. How oh, he got it in there, I've got no idea. Two gravestones. And um, and then there's also a picture of a starling who got stuck in a manhole cover. Most ridiculous animal rescues. Foxes are supposed to be cunning. They're supposed to know how to deal with things. Still to come, though, the storm in a toy box. The Lego kit branded sexist by academics. Oh, my goodness. All of that to come. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. <laughs> It's uh, 19 minutes past six. Morning. You don't need to get up. Seriously, you don't have to stand to attention or anything like that at this time of the day. Stay in bed. Stay in bed. A lot of people are still not going back to work. It's odd, isn't it, really? I can't quite work it out. A friend of mine's got a, uh, a business in Twickenham. That wasn't open. Another friend of mine's got a business in Twickenham. That wasn't open. I can't remember if Sandy's was open the other day. It might have been. It's a bit difficult to tell. Because Stuart seems to work all the hours God sends. Mark's was open. And I can't remember if Waitrose, because it was so cold, I didn't want to venture out that far. Anyway, storm in a toy box, because the um, the sort of, the appeal of Lego is far and wide. Although the Lego shop in Kingston, in the town centre, closed a long time ago. But the, the plastic building bricks have been a favourite with boys and girls for generations. But parents who gave their children Lego sets this Christmas may have been fuelling sexism. This is what education experts have claimed. They say that Lego... I mean, really, you do worry about the sanity of these people, don't you? It encourages boys and girls to play with its sets in different ways that reinforce gender stereotypes. It's a toy! It's a toy! It's bricks! Leave him alone! You'll be banning dolls next! Researchers say Lego Friends kits sold in vast numbers are aimed at girls and focus on cooking, cleaning and washing dishes. (laughs) In contrast, Lego City... Sets encourage boys to be brave, heroic and save the day. So? So? If they don't want to buy it, don't buy it. God, blimey. Researchers from the University of California... Oh, here we go, California. Come get your drugs. Get your drugs and go to California. They say it's examples of girls being instructed to try out makeup and bubble baths. Yeah, what are you saying? I think we need to phone Lewis Hamilton on this one. He'd be able to understand that, wouldn't he? He'd definitely get this. There are far fewer chances to explore professional roles whilst boys could play at being astronauts, firefighters, doctors and rescue divers. So? God help. Feeling that you want to bang these people's heads together, can't you? Mind you, this is California. They're all loopy-loop over there. But uh, they say children, Lego say, Lego Friends, is not marketed at girls, although the five main characters are female. It says children of both genders can play with Lego Friends and Lego City. The research claims the sets target girls and boys differently. Dr Stephanie Reich, leading author of the study, says when we look at these different sets, we find boys being encouraged to think of themselves as experts of a high level of education. Oh, shut up! Shut up! (laughs) Just madness. It's madness. Girls, if they even have a job... Uh, bakers and fashionistas, designers who help, you know, other people. They're practising at skills and trying very hard, but they're not experts like the boys. Oh, shut up. Your life must be one big misery. 
You must go home to your girlfriend, if you've got a girlfriend. I'm just reinforcing a gender stereotype there. And sort of sit, what can we complain about this time? I'm surprised you haven't complained about clothes shopping. I'm sorry, all the girls' clothes are over here. Boys are complaining about them. Why? Because girls' clothes are prettier. They're more brightly coloured. Go to any, any balls. Believe you me, balls over Christmas or New Year. And, and look what the women are wearing. Beautiful, you know, silken red dress and blue and velvet. And what are men wearing? Blooming dinner jackets. It's boring. It's boring. Unless you're sort of somebody who cross-dresses. I mean, really dull, dull, dull. But it doesn't help when some loopy-loop from a college miles and miles away starts saying, oh, this is... Well, don't buy it then, dear. Don't buy it. There's nothing worse, is there? You're the Moaning Marys of Chigwell. I only mentioned Chigwell because it used to be the place where they say outraged of Chigwell. It always used to be. Uh, the Amazon boss uh, goes top of the world's rich list with uh, 74.2 billion. His, his wealth has grown by 25.5 billion this year. So Jeff uh, Bezos is number one. Bill Gates at Microsoft. He's a bit down the list. 68 billion. 68 billion. Then we drop to 63 for Warren Buffett. Uh, I think there's one here. This is Ortega, who owns Zara. 56 billion. Can't take it with you, but I mean, it's good fun to read. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook, 54.1 billion. Um, Moe and Hennessy. This is Bernard Arnold, 46 billion. Carla Slim, telecom firm in America, 46 billion. Larry Ellison, tech firm, 39 billion. Larry Page of Google, 39 billion. And uh, Ingvar Kamprad from IKEA, 39 billion. Wow. Wow. It's a lot of money, isn't it? But uh, Jeff Bezos from Amazon, 74.2 billion. But that's not money he can get his hands on. It's like, you know, how much money could you get your hands on? And all these people become philanthropists. They, they give money away to good... Because that's what you would do if I had a lot of money. I would start sponsoring things and doing, doing different things as well. But what do you buy the person who has everything? Here they are. According to Kanye West, the answer is socks. Socks. That's what he wanted. Socks. One of the rare, rare pictures of him smiling because he's a bit peculiar. Uh, he's a rapper and he also got some gift cards and £200,000 worth of shares. So he's a multimillionaire. Uh, she was given two boxes, the first of which contained gift cards for Amazon and the TV streaming service Netflix, as well as Apple headphones, a Mickey Mouse toy from Disney and socks from Adidas. The second box was more lucrative, filled with stock certificates from each of those companies. Lovely, isn't it? Who gives a flying forex what they give each other? I couldn't care less. Seriously, the most boring people under the entire sun. Oh, look, Kim Kardashian. Oh, there's the other one as well. Uh, the Albanians who fled, oh, sorry, who lied to enter the UK, have now won the right to stay. They lied to get asylum. This case has dragged on for four years. And the, the Home Office is considering other routes. These people claim to be refugees from Kosovo. They weren't anything like that at all. People tell lies. We've had people claiming to be gay. How do you prove that? How do you prove that one? Well, some bloke on his way back to the airport. Do you remember? And it was only on... He was obviously thinking, how do I get out of this one? I have to stay here and keep milking the system. And so just they're about to drop him off at the airport, you know, uh, he went, I'm gay. And that immediately halted the process. God, dear, I tell you. Lewis Hamilton's got a lot to answer for, ladies and gentlemen. Really is. Um, Tax-free era ends. Saudi and Abu Dhabi impose 5% VAT. Just imagine if they found oil somewhere else. But uh, whose birthday have we got today? Nigel Kennedy, who used to be Nigel Kennedy, then he was Nigel, then he was Kennedy, then he was... And uh, now he's just... 
And that's it. He's 61 today. Known for his criticisms of conductors. I thought his career had finished. I didn't realise he was still floating around. I'm quite surprised. Uh, also born on this day, but he's not with us anymore, Richard Whiteley. The Countdown star. Died in 2005. Also uh, the birthday in 1612 of Galileo. That's Galileo, the uh, Italian astronomer. Uh, also, um, oh yes, the ex- have you ever heard the, the expression, they're in cloud cuckoo land? Do you know where that came from? The expression, it, it's an absurd, over-optimistic fantasy. It derives from The Birds, a Greek drama by Aristophanes, in which uh, Pisterius persuades the world's birds to create a new city in the sky to be named Cloud Cuckoo. I mean, isn't that, you wouldn't have guessed that, would you? In a million, I wouldn't have guessed that in a million years. But I always said this: this program is an education for me. It's for me. Uh, the Charles and Camilla story, which I asked at the beginning of the program, whether or not you'd ever uh, heard of people having three marital bedrooms—one for him, one for her, one for Sharon—on special occasions. Because I think the ideal situation for any marriage to survive is separate bedrooms. I think so. Claire says tramadol made me really ill when I came out of hospital. Awful stuff. And uh, Ian says, can rich people really buy everything? Where do you keep it? Yeah, you can buy, of course you can if you're rich. But then, you know, you can only live in one house. You can only drive one car at any one time. You can only wear one item of clothing. You know, obviously you can buy lots of clothes and things like that. You can buy jewellery. Um, but, I, I mean, I'd never recommend anybody to buy flashy watches because there are people who want to take them off you. People think nothing of breaking somebody's arm to get a watch off or something like that. I mean, that's the trouble. Once you start flashing money around... It's a bit of a problem. Was prescribed tramadol after major surgery. Was allocated six. Took one. Seeing pink elephants. Another disturbing images, said Jane. They made me very sick. Uh, very sick. Very difficult to obtain. 300. Impossible legally. Well, this is what nobody's asked, this old, this old drug smuggler. Excuse me. Where did you get 300 tramadol from? You can't just go to a, a, a chemist and ask them to do it. There must have been some under... So, I mean, she must have known... She must have done. But as I say, the uh, the mail and I think the Sun the other day were trying to sort of campaign to get... I mean, I wonder we're out. Stay there as far as I'm concerned. If you're convicted of drug smuggling, and it is a, it's an illegal drug in that country, I don't care what excuses you give. You know, we've heard excuses. That people tell lies. They'll do anything. If they see themselves going under or they're going to go to prison for a long, long time, there are loads of people. You know, it's only the Brits who get, well, we, we want our person back again. She didn't know what she was doing. Of course she did. Of course she did. Otherwise she'd have said to him, you know, why don't you buy it in your own blooming country? Stop getting me into trouble. I think personally he's, he's just trying to get rid of her. Uh, also, medieval ring found in a field. Actually, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm quite surprised. This one here uh, was unearthed. It's a rare 15th century bishop's ring. Um, so, so you're looking at 1400s. Uh, Adam Day made his find in a field near Beverly Minster in East Yorkshire. It's a 20 carat gold ring engraved, engraved with images of St George and St. Catherine, thought to belong to a bishop at the church. Uh, uh, Adam says, I was shaking when I found it. It's going to be sold on Jan the 24th, and it's very nice. They reckon it'll fetch about 10,000 quid. Doesn't seem a lot, does it, from something from, from the 1400s? And also, a mum is the first woman to work underground at a coal mine in its 137 years. Emma Long guides visitors underground at the colliery, which has become a museum. Arthur Scargill will be turning, I should imagine. Uh, also, what was this one here? Oh, yes. Britons will get through 136 million litres of bubbly this festive season. That's quite a lot, isn't it? 136 million. 
And, uh, and a little picture of Fern. Dreadful year for Fern. Dreadful year. Who did they say the other day? I was reading something. They said somebody's had a really dreadful year. And it was a convicted criminal. They said, oh, they've had a really bad year. I think they were talking about... Uh, that's right, they were talking about Arthur Collins, the acid attack thug. And, and, and somebody said, oh, he's had a really bad year. Yeah. Difficult, isn't it, cultivating cannabis and throwing acid in people's faces? What a bad year he's had. And now he's up on the, uh, the phone charge, which he's now admitted. Admitted. He was afraid information would get out to the media. Darling, in a year's time, nobody will be even uttering your name. We'll have forgotten about you quite conveniently. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. LBC and its sister stations from Global bring you a brand new event. The Global Awards. Rewarding the very best from the world of music, news and entertainment. One incredible night with live performances from Andrea Bocelli and Sam Smith. And you can have your say on who will win at the Global Awards. Voting is open now. To vote, download the Global Player app or go to lbc.co.uk. The Global Awards coming on Thursday the 1st of March 2018. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. 27 minutes to seven. Andrew Castle's going to be here at seven o'clock. I think you know, the main topic of conversation, I think, I could be totally wrong, I think is the weather, um, which seems to be affecting everybody. And it's going to get worse. They think on Friday and Saturday, and then next week we should be back to, uh, to something OK. It'll be the hospital parking charges. I think that's going to be very popular, or not, as the case may be. Uh, and then all these stories about Brits going spending mad. They're not going spending mad. That's the trouble. We did features on the, the spending the other day. And they were saying that they're set to splurge 11 billion over the seven day post Christmas blowout. Well, they didn't. And they weren't. On LBC, we had a reporter down there. Theo Usherwood went down there. Places were really quiet. If you're going to do it, do it online. Why would you bother risking coming into town? Madness. Sheer madness. Uh, also, we're the family that Meghan never had. Harry's girl cracks Christmas. Apparently, she was tweeting the other day and somebody said. I don't think that'll be allowed for very much longer. But uh, he revealed, Harry, that she had a fantastic Christmas and the royals are like the family she never had. Which is a rather bizarre thing to stay, say, to be honest with you, because her family are very close to her. I don't know why all of a sudden people would be saying things like that. Uh, young people are mobile addicts. No kidding. No kidding. Everybody's mobile addicts. And apparently they spend more than a month every year fiddling about on smartphones. They do. But I, why would that be a problem? That's what they make phones for, isn't it? For people to use. A study found under 25s spent 39 days on their mobiles, texting, chatting, shopping and checking social media. Texting was the most common activity, with 88% saying they sent texts every day. Of course they would. That's what, I mean, you, you sit on the train... You know, I do it as well in between the, the breaks here. Sometimes I'm going on to social media and I'm just checking a few things out, you know, seeing if, you know... I ordered some handkerchiefs the other day. I like to, I know it's an odd thing to order, isn't it? But you can get 24 handkerchiefs for, like, seven ninety nine or something. And I, I like handkerchiefs. I don't know. Never used, to, uh, never used to bother about handkerchiefs. And now I'm sort of... I'm ordering the blasted things, thinking, oh, I must order some handkerchiefs. <laughs> Staffed, isn't it? Staffed, really. Let's uh, some more people here. Uh, unused gift cards will have their value retained by companies, an MP has warned. Oh, have you taken your card to the store only to be stung by hidden expiry periods? I, d I went to take something back in the other day, and, uh, oh, it was a voucher for Iceland. And uh, Norman said, oh, we're not accepting those anymore. And so I said, oh, thank you, because oh. this one came right from the top. 
And, uh, and then she checked with, obviously, somebody who was a bit higher and went, oh, yes, of course, that's acceptable. I thought, of course it is. Uh, my friend Danny says, I don't know what day it is. That's what everybody's like, aren't they? I've had to wake up in the morning and go, what, what day is it? Because not everything's open, which means it's a little bit like a Sunday. Or failing that, we're still the day after Boxing Day. Uh, David Copperfield still doing his, uh, his act in Vegas. And my producer, Chris, is going cycling. And uh, it, it said it, he's woken up at 2am. So he's off cycling and then he's going to a, a match. I think that could be Crystal Palace. He's, he's a Crystal Palace supporter. But he says, since taking the week off, he says, um, my sleeping pattern has been all over the place. He watches cricket. I mean, seriously, madness. But he says, the upside is that I've seen the majority of this incredible double hundred by Alastair Cook. Well batted, sir. He likes things like that. He likes things like that. And even uh, Callum likes things like that as well. Uh, Quentin says, quote of the day, the less you talk, the more you're listened to. See, I like that idea. I like that. The less you talk, the more you're listened to. Uh, 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk. Try and find some more of your texts and emails in a moment. A lot of people re retweeting about my bowl of soup, which seemed quite a normal thing to have. You can have soup at any time of the day, as indeed you can have with, uh, with yoghurt. Uh, Lou says, I enjoy listening to you from northern Minnesota. You have no idea what cold is. Minus 25 degrees here this morning. Had to plug the car into an outlet. See? I told you, we've got nothing, we've got no idea what bad temperatures are like. And over there, and um, poor old Mark says, I'm just about to board a plane from Bangkok home to London. Now terrified due to your weather warnings. It is terrible. Uh, Julie says, you're wrong about Shoreditch. It's a very vibrant, exciting area. Go to Spitalfields Market. Sometimes outdoor tango dancers. Always something happening. So you can't persuade me. I'm too old for that kind of thing, Julie. It's not for people of my age. It's for... Younger people. You're probably borderline right age for it, aren't you? It's not for you. I mean, even the producer, young young Mike here, it's not really for his age. He must look like he's sort of wandering around looking for his carer. You know, you live, you live in East London. What is that something to be proud of? Oh, I'm an East London person. Are you a Cockney? You know, do you speak Cockney or something? Everybody goes home and people say, oh, mate, where, where do you live in London? I live in East London. I live in East London. Like that says, what does that say about you? They don't say anything. East London's full of posh places. Hello, Treasure. Uh, East, East London is full of posh places. Breakfast places, I think, you know, which is quite good, actually. And um, we'll take some more of your texts and emails in a, in a moment. Uh, although amongst other presents, my daughter bought me a pair of lightweight, soft and warm socks made from bamboo, says Lynn. Actually, I've got a pillow which is made of bamboo. A pillow's made of bamboo. I don't, I don't know why I would think that was an unusual thing, because, you know, they, they use bamboo for any one of a number of things. Uh, our dog Dennis, says Kim, had a bad accent last year. He's put on Tramadol for six weeks. I had to go to the vet every week to pick up his supply. Wouldn't give it to me in one lot. How did she get 300 tablets? I don't know. They're not bothered about that. They're just interested in listening to the family bleating on about, oh, she's going to be with jihadis and terrorists and stuff like that. What are you going to be with that in this country? You know, I, I think we, we interfered too much. She made a mistake. Unfortunately, it's not like being at school where you go, oh, I copied that out of somebody else's book. I'm really sorry. She's a drug smuggler. Whichever way you look at it, they're illegal in that country. Like, we have things illegal in this country. You know, and you don't bring them into the country, and if you get caught, you get arrested. In certain countries around the world, you know, if you're caught smuggling drugs, it carries the death penalty. And, you know, you'd have to be stupid not to realise. And these people come up with all sorts of madness. You know, oh, I didn't do that. Oh, who's that a picture of? 
Oh, Lord. She, I can't believe she's still dragging her five minutes of career out here. And this is Big Brothers. I mean, from years ago. I mean, back when it was in black and white. Ashleen Horgan Wallace. She's by a pool in Los Angeles. What do you do for a living, dear? You can't make a living doing this modelling. You must be way too old for that kind of thing. But uh, Paul McCartney whisked his family away for a festive break in the Caribbean, which is good news. But um, model Lottie Moss was on holiday with her parents and a photographer, which is great. Elton John went to Colorado because over there it's, uh, it's, it's, it's snowy. It's very, very posh. People like Colorado. Uh, Laura Plummer locked up with terrorists in Egypt, her family claim. How do you know? Have you been to that prison? No, of course not. They don't know. They're just making up some old garbage here. Jailed for three years on Boxing Day. She pleaded guilty to smuggling painkillers. Been moved to a notorious prison. I think it's pronounced Kina. But uh, she took... Still no answers. I want answers. Why have the papers not done this thing? Why have we not been told? Where did she get the tramadol from? Is her boyfriend really her husband? Are they married? Has he really got a bad back? If they check all these things, you can check. They appear to have done nothing. But uh, she'll be sharing a tiny cell, say the family or sister. They say she couldn't survive a day in there. Well, she will, because she's been there now more than a day. They said she could be sharing a tiny cell with jihadi terrorists. She's on the verge of nervous breakdown, covered in scabs. She's been bitten from head to foot in mosquito. Oh God! Honestly, shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! She won't be in a cell with jihadis or something like that. I mean, what are you talking about? She'll be in there with other drug smugglers, I should imagine. Uh, millions face new pensions disaster. Rip-off fees are draining retirement funds. <gasps> Not so good. And here's Prince Harry upsetting the future in-laws already. Have you noticed he appears to have got younger, mentally? You know, before he was trying to be sort of all adult. And then you see him now, and we don't often see pictures of him smiling and laughing. And uh, he just looks a bit childlike now. But has he riled the in-laws, say the papers? The answer is probably yes. Probably yes. Uh, also, some girl uh, called Sophie Smith. She left the family home at 3am on Boxing Day just wearing, I believe, a pair of shorts and a small top. And uh, apparently it's all these... You get people who go missing over the festive season. It can be a very depressing time for some people. More pictures of those in the snow... And, um, you know, lorries which have jackknifed and all this kind of thing. The Somalian refugee family. Third day running they've done this story. Third day running. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So a refugee family get a £2 million council house and pay 90 quid a week for it. But they luckily they've got a giant television in the sitting room. So that's OK, isn't it? 90 quid a week. Fantastic. Army chiefs telling troops to be gender neutral. We did that the other day. I think they're running for they're running out of stories at the moment, I'm afraid. Uh, the 6,000 people with the two phone fines. And um, the beat bobbies, rarely seen. That's quite an interesting one, isn't it? You know, where where are all the police officers answered doing blooming paperwork? They just need to employ more people who can do the paperwork for them in the stations. So they're not over keen, hence, I suppose, coming up with this idea of uh, of not arresting people if they're nicking stuff and it's it's under £200. I've never been so stupid in my entire life. I'm sure the supermarkets are going, are you serious? What are we supposed to do? So you're not going to bother turning up if somebody nicks under 200 quid. Perhaps we should issue the store detectives with tasers or pepper sprays or something like that. Uh, have you been paying attention? This is uh, a quiz. They always do a quiz in the paper. It's an easy thing to do. They just come up with questions of what you've remembered from the year. Uh, you know, which saviour of the world cost £734,000 a square inch in November? 
You know, they, these are the sort of questions. But this is in the in the Daily Express. I shouldn't imagine the Daily Express readers have any idea. Which area of the UK became a UNESCO World Heritage Site in July? What passed across the whole of the United States in 2 minutes 40 seconds in August 21? Which planet of the solar system ended the 13-year mission of uh, Cassini-Huygens in September? Which UK airline went into administration in October? Which one was that? can't remember which airline went into administration. See, we all forget. But what we'll do on LBC, because over this coming weekend, we will have the honours list. And it'll be very interesting to see who's got it. The rumour is Nick Clegg. People have been talking about that on LBC for, for a couple of days now, saying, you know, should he have it? Should he not have it? Nobody, you won't find anybody who dislikes him. It's just that there's more Lib Dem MP. Perhaps they give it them to, you know, out of sympathy because they know they're never going to achieve anything. So they go, oh, have a knighthood. But does it mean anything? Do you think he'll have it put on his headed notepaper? Because that's what people do. I remember asking somebody once who'd, who'd been knighted whether or not, and he said, well, I've got it on my checkbook. You think, oh, so you obviously like it. It's obviously some ego, isn't it? It's an ego thing. Uh, I'm actually, oh, so how are you doing, Nick? Sir. Sir, sir, Nick. I mean, do you then have to call? You don't have to call them that, do you? You know, just because somebody, you know, says go down on one knee, we'll try and stay upright, and, uh, and they knight you, I double blah, 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 blah. Why should you have to call somebody a sir? Is it just a bit antiquated, archaic? I'm sure somebody will be talking about that later on. Uh, the top holiday tipplers are midlifers. Middle-aged Brits spend more on alcohol on holiday than any other age group. This is the 45 to 54-year-olds. Because they, li- they like things like that, don't they? They want to go away, have a bit of fun. Uh, more on the mum's horror. As drugs case, Laura sent to share prison cell with jihadis. It's kind of an occupational hazard. If you're a drug smuggler, you're going to put you in prison with all sorts of people. There'll probably be paedophiles, rapists, murderers, all sorts of people. You know, but you don't just wander from cell to cell. You know, she'll be given food and everything else. And, um, and, and then I think Rachel, who I think is the sister, says all the evidence was presented to show that this was a massive mistake and Laura's intentions were, as she said, it, it, just to treat Omar's back pain. But she smuggled in an illegal drug. That's, that's the problem, isn't it? And she says here, she collapsed. She got taken away in this cage. I think they know she's not a drug dealer. I don't think they know anything of the kind. I think three years is a reduced sentence as far as the, uh, as far as the Egyptians are, are concerned. It certainly seems like it. Oh, Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne's career has gone a bit quiet. I thought he was he was going to keep going and keep going, and then all of a sudden we sort of perhaps he sort of he got a bit tired of working all the time. So it's quite tiring what you do. Also, should pantomime be politically correct? No, it shouldn't. No, it absolutely shouldn't. That's the whole idea of pantomime. It is not politically correct. And Biggin says exactly the same. I mean, it's been here for centuries, but uh, they now you know recently the traditional innuendo laden humour has come under attack. Well, I'm sorry. You know, if you don't if you don't want to see it, don't go and see it. All right, it's not for you. Sit at home and sort of thread beads or something onto a piece of cotton. But pantomime is not for you. It's uh, it's supposed to be double entendres, and it's been going like that for years. All of a sudden, we have got the Mamby Pambies. Oh, we don't like that. Dick Whittington. Perhaps we should change the pantomime name to Richard Whittington, and then these do-gooders get their uh, their way. No, 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 no. No, we we keep it as it is. Thank you very much indeed. Hospitals told to cut the sales of sugary drinks or face a ban. <gasps> More on that in a minute. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. <laughs> Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. So hospitals have been told to cut the sales of sugary drinks. That was a thing started by Jamie Oliver, wasn't it? I'm pretty certain that Jamie Oliver started uh, started doing that. Uh, also, fellas fighting the festive flab. They all say that, don't they? They're, oh, I've got to lose weight before Christmas. 
and uh, and so you go, yeah, all right, I'll lose weight before Christmas because they go because you're going to be eating so much, and so now they say that all these people have got to beat their fear of the gym. And you know why? Because I'm convinced that professional gymnasiums have people who go in there who just look good, and their idea is they wander around the uh, the changing rooms there, and people go, does he work? And so you look at somebody, you think, oh, that he's... Always... No, these are professional people. They wander around there to make you feel bad, but also to make you feel like if you stay at the gym long enough, you too can look like them. And, of course, it doesn't work like that because most of them are professional actors, as you know. And so you get people, they go... It's like people who come out. I've seen it before, women who come out of a gym session, not even sweating. Not even... Me, I'm drenched in sweat, just changing. It's ridiculous. So that's why you've got to beat your fear of the gym. And uh, it's a shame. 2,000 men were questioned in a consumer survey. They said going to the gym for the first time was the most daunting experience. See, I think they should have a gym for just fat people. Don't allow any... I think the moment you get to a certain target weight, you're out. You have to go to another gymnasium and you just leave us fatties all by ourselves in there. And then we can sort of walk around and go, you're fatter than me. I'm, I'm fatter than him over there. You know, because we don't want to, I don't want to see anybody with a perfect body in a gym. Thank you very much indeed. It's not very nice. It's very intimidating. You know, and they go, oh, I remember going to a gym once and they measured my body fat index. They're like a pair of calipers. I thought, listen, I can take my clothes off and stand in front of a mirror. I know what I look like. Thank you very much, indeed. I don't need to be told by someone. And it's always a stick-thin girl. Have you noticed? Always a stick-thin girl in like a white coat. You're meant to believe they're doctors or something. I did this the other day. We were talking about whether or not it's class to dunk a biscuit into a cup of tea. And it is only tea, by the way, you can do it in. I know that there will be people listening who say, no, you can do it in hot chocolate. And no, in hot chocolate, it's marshmallows. OK, you can only dunk a bit a biscuit in tea. And apparently it's something that is uniquely British. Nobody else seems to do it around the world. And so, you know, apologising for everything and pretending to like people we can't stand also makes some of our strongest characteristics. People always do that, don't they? Somebody bumps into you and you go, sorry. And you think, what you really want to do is flatten them so they're straight down. You know, all of this, sorry. You know, somebody pushes in in the queue and you go, that's OK. Doesn't matter. We did that. We went on this cruise years ago and some bloke pushed in in front on, on the coach. And uh, the woman behind said, excuse me, I think you'll find there's a queue here. And he went, I've got a baby. She said, we've all had babies. Shove off. And there was a bit of an argument, an argy-bargy going on. I thought that was very brave. I thought that was very brave. Like people, well, you know, oh, you remember I told you my pet hate is the bus. My pet hate is somebody getting on the bus and then they start ferreting through their handbag or their huge rucksacks to try and find out where their card is. We had it the other day. On the, I was getting on the bus and this woman gets on and she's got a bag and then she puts it down and she starts going. I mean, we'd passed two bus stops before she found the blooming thing. What a dodo bird. You'd have thought she'd have actually taken the pass out and put it. Mine is in my pocket. It's in my pocket. But also you can have it... You know, inside, you you know, just a, a... Why do people not do that? The answer is we don't know. We don't know. Cabby's Fury, who's this? This is Ryan Barney. Ryan Barney uh, is a hero taxi driver, OK? I only mention him because this story is very apropos for London because he jumped a red light. He was fined for jumping a red light as he drove terrified revellers to safety after the London Bridge terror atrocity. He got a £270 court bill and had three points put on his licence after being caught by a traffic light camera. He was fined 160 quid, £110 cost for the infringement. 
barely an hour after three Islamic fanatics had launched a frenzied van and knife attack. Dad of two, Ryan, was off duty when he heard of the attack near Borough Market, jumped in the cab and drove to the area to see if he could help. He was flashed by a camera uh, as he took a taxi load of scared passengers, desperate to flee the chaos home through Poplar in the East End. When he received notice of the fine and licence endorsement, he explained the circumstances to Transport for London. Well, he might as well have whistled in the wind. And quite rightly, according to them, he was taken to court in order to pay costs as well. He says it happened at a crossroads. It wasn't particularly dangerous. I pleaded guilty. And um, initial uncertainty over the attack was fuelled by a separate unrelated knifing in London's Vauxhall area. Ryan said at the time there were lots of different reports. Initially, they thought the Vauxhall stabbing was terrorism as well. Police were saying run, hide and tell. All the messages seemed to be... Uh, getting crossed. I saw that after the Manchester attack, cab drivers were turning off their meters and just doing all they could to help. So after he appealed against his fine, his case was sent to Lavender Hill magistrates to be dealt with. The cab driver from Northwood in northwest London, who's in his third year in the job, says, I wasn't trying to get away with it, but they didn't take the situation into account. There should have been some consideration of the circumstances. So I don't know whether or not He's actually, uh, it's actually been put to one side. What a disgraceful thing. You know, somebody who was saving people, he said they just acted as if it was a normal situation and handed out the normal punishment. How disgraceful of TfL. And they go to court over him. I mean, it's just, you know, it was, it was the idiot who then goes, oh, we're actually going to prosecute him now. He's just taken people to safety. You know, God knows, what do we have to do in this country? What do we have to do in London town to try to convince somebody at TfL? Well, I think we've got him on the traffic camera. He did jump the lights there. There were mad knifemen out on the roads. That's what he did. He did a good job. He did a very good job. And you reward him with penalty points and a fine. Disgraceful. Honestly, it really is. That, something like that really annoy me. So there you go. What can you do about it? It's just idiots, isn't it? The lunatics are running the asylum. Front page of the papers at 527. Warning of deadly ice chaos after snow hits Britain. And there will be ice. Just because it looks like snow on the top, underneath it could be pack ice. And uh, you don't want that. The Times. Uh, Davis sidelined. A civil servant takes over Brexit negotiations. Harry uh, laughing. Uh, because he's uh, he interviewed Barack Obama, who warned against the irresponsible use of social media. Uh, also, the Met Police failing to protect children, forced criticised for negligence uh, in 90% of cases. Daily Telegraph today, nice picture. This is a very, uh, sort of, a, it's, uh, it's a nice one. At Broadway in Worcestershire, with a little bit of snow on the roofs of the houses. You have to hope that every single one of these houses has actually got a log fire burning, because that's what I want. Cataract delays, blinding patients. God, that's all I need. Warning of risk to sight as the wait for NHS operation increases to almost six months. I was told about ten weeks. But apparently, uh, four and a half million people have cataracts. They occur when the lens in the eye becomes cloudy with age. That's what I got. That's what I got. Uh, But it obviously varies where it is. There's one here. uh, People waiting 129 days, 122 days. So I'll let you know how it goes. I'll let you know. As I say, I don't mind paying for it. I'm not bothered by that. If, if it's only, you know, you have to wait if you're getting it for free on the NHS, that, that's, that's the good opportunity for me to pay. Uh, the Guardian, the dog days of winter. The bishop attacks Christians who back Trump. What is it with bishops who start interfering in things they know nothing about? Daily Star, Rihanna, Christmas murder horror. Legends we lost, including Brucey. 
And uh, the front of the mirror today, Lisa Riley exclusive. I thought this started yesterday, this story. Being honest with myself helped me lose 12 stone, if only it was that easy. Jailed in Egypt, but my girl is only guilty of being naive. So they've now started bunging out all the pictures of Laura as a toddler. What's that got to do with it? I've got no idea. She's 33-year-old and, um, you know, guilty of naivety. Yeah, like the other drug smugglers. They see it as drug smuggling. That's what it is. I can't can't name it as anything else. And also, £500,000 a day, the NHS car park rip-off. So far, they've raised about £175 million. Just for parking. So you go and visit somebody who's who's ill or who's died or is going through cancer remission or anything like that, and you've got to pay for the privilege. I don't think it comes down to the hospitals, does it? It doesn't come down to the parking firms. Uh, also, our vanishing beat bobbies on the front of the uh, the mail today. Harry, I'll be a campaigning prince. That's basically roughly along the lines of if he doesn't actually have a job, he'll just sort of put his weight behind whatever it happens to be. Same as his father. Same as his father. It's not really a proper job, is it? It's just sort of, you know, trying to find something to do, really. What, what's she going to do? That's what I want to know. But it's interesting. He said, I'm going to be a campaigning prince. As he's going to get married to Meghan Markle, I'd like to quite know which part she's playing in this. Is she just going to be the sort of the spare, you know, walking along behind him? Or is she actually going to have a job to do? Moving into the royal family, we like to see them working. A little bit difficult, I realise, for Beatrice and Eugenie. Things they don't seem to do much work. In fact, actually, their life is just one long, blissful holiday. Uh, the Sun, totally clueless. Cops failing to ID suspect in 50% of crimes. And that... Is it for Thursday. If I was you, I'd stay in today. It's blooming freezing outside. Not the kind of weather for sort of going out, going, oh, I think we go shopping. Don't bother. Don't bother. You can go at the weekend. It's just the same. Uh, but I can tell you there is another reason to download the LBC iPhone app, as well as listening to LBC wherever you are. You can now listen back to this and all of our other programmes from the last week for free on our new catch-up feature. All you do is you download the new LBC iPhone app. You click on catch-up at the bottom, very simple. At uh, 10 o'clock this morning, it's uh, Andrew Pierce who's in for James O'Brien. Uh, but coming up next, in for Nick Ferrari at breakfast, it's Andrew Castle. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.